Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous. This is our Q&A 3 with our special guest, Biggin Fitzgerald, the lead line developer for Mage the Awakening, Changeling the Lost, and a bunch of other really awesome stuff. Enjoy. Okay, cool. Let's get this shit started. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, folks. Uh, welcome to sort of Occultus Anonymous. Uh Powered by Gehenna Gaming on the Onyx Path for Onyx Path Virtual Con. I don't know. I didn't happy, prep this. Um, happy weekend, everybody. <laughs> Indeed. I'm, my name's Chris, and I'm going to sort of moderate this thing. Oh, that's true. I'm going I'm to let Drew back? just do some talking. Um, so uh, this is the All Things Mage chat. Uh, we're going to talk for a while, at least a couple hours. We have... You know, our sessions are usually three hours, so maybe that long. Depends on how long question goes. Uh, we have some community-farmed questions about the system, about games at the table, about uh, picking Megan's brain. Uh, speaking of Megan, we do have our um, line developer. Is that the right title here? Uh, yeah, line developer, lead developer. Lead developer, okay. Uh, Megan Fitzgerald. Hi. And then... The rest of us are uh, Occultist Anonymous. Um, Drew is our storyteller. Hi. And then Ash uh, plays Atratus. Uh, Craig plays Weird the Seer. And I normally play Songbird. Um, But we're not here to talk about our show that much tonight. We're going to talk about Mage in general and... Uh, a bunch of cool wizards doing cool wizard things. Um, so let me pick out a question and we'll just kind of dive in. Um, so uh, let's just start off with Megan. Do you want to just talk about a little bit about how you kind of came to be a developer for Mage and what what makes Mage the best game that there is? <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, truth. I don't I, I can't comment on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so the first project that I was a developer on for Onyx Path was the Changeling the Lost Second Edition Core um, with Rose Bailey. And uh, from there, you know, I, I just developed things when I got asked to develop things. Um, Dark Eras 2, I think, was the next one. Uh, and then, so I wrote for Dave on Signs of Sorcery. I had spoken to him previously that, uh, about, you know, writing for the line, but the core was out and Science of Sorcery was the next book. So um, so that's where I started writing on the line. And I talked a lot with um, Dave and our, our buddies and we talk at cons a lot. And um, we've just chatted a lot about the game itself and, um, you know, future books and things like that. And so when Dave decided that um, he wanted to step down, he had, he had kind of already talked to me about, the possibility of um, you know him stepping down at some point and asking me to take his place. So it wasn't a surprise to me, um, but it was a great honor. I I love Dave's work. I I mean, Second Edition Mage is probably my favorite game, not just of the Chronicles, but any game. Um, so it was just a a real. Uh, I I was you know went and. Hit, Smooshed my face into pillow and screamed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my 
my god um but yeah i'm i'm very grateful dave is a, a great guy and a really good mentor and a great friend and i am uh very happy to have worked with him on mage and to take up the reins from him awesome yeah i you know it's funny you say yeah you know, i kind of led into it with kind of this jokey version of like saying you know why is mage the best but like if you had asked me before we started our show what's my favorite rpg i would have taken about 45 minutes to talk to you about every game i've ever played because that's <laughs> how my brain works um but god i have just fucking enjoyed mage so much and like credit to everyone involved with creating this game the the spell casting and the creativity that the rules allow you to have i think is just the best you know yeah. I, I never want to play a fucking wizard in D again because i don't want to have to read a, a spell list like creative thaumaturgy <laughs> is oh my god it's so fucking cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you want to do describe it does it f- fall under these yeah. general practices then you can do it yeah and i think we've all like ash craig and i have all hit various points where we're like i'm gonna do this and drew's kind of looked into the camera for a moment and gone yeah okay <laughs> yeah i guess we can let you do that technically you're not breaking any rules let me let me, let me well and chris has fortunately been here because now he's st let me throw out these notes <laughs> yeah. because never mind yeah. yep yeah. <laughs> um oh me So um, I, I thought this question was kind of interesting and we kind of lead, lead into it talking about you being develop, developer, Megan, but um, mm-hmm. seeing what you've done now and, and working on, you know, the, the upcoming books that are, you know, down the pipeline, unfortunately, it's going to be a while before we get them. Um, what, what would you have changed if you had full power over some of the core rules of 2E? Like what, what are some things that where you read it and you're like, mm, maybe... I would have tweaked this or maybe this could be a little bit better this way or more clarified or, or something like that. Um, so it depends on if you mean like realistically or like in some ideal world, because realistically, probably nothing. Uh, but in an ideal world, if I could have magically added another 10,000 words to the book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, as far as clarity, I mean, I really think I would have liked to do a an in-depth discussion, more in-depth discussion on how time travel works, because it's one of those things that I love time travel. I'm a huge sucker for it. I play in Acanthus in the long-running game that we're in, that I'm in with my group. Um, and... It's something that, you know, I had to kind of sit and work through as our campaign went, as our chronicle went along. Um, and there there were times when we would hit something and I'd go, well, I want to go back in time or, you know, use time to do this. And then we were like, oh, how does that thing that you just did interact with this other thing that's happening right now? And I'm like, hmm, let's figure that out because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's that's one of the things I love about Mage. Um, but as far as time travel, I know that a lot of people have said you know, they don't really quite understand how it works or um, how it interacts with other things in the game. And it, it's something where I would just have liked to have another bunch of words that didn't exist. Um, like the space in the book did not exist for more words, but yeah. I could have had them. Because there's uh, like, I feel like that's, one page for, yeah, for, yeah. for, for page all of time. Page I feel like that's um, fairly, uh, sorry, 
Yeah. No, so it's just uh, to talk about sort of how time works in a little more depth. Mm-hmm. We actually have a question specifically yeah. asking that. Mm-hmm. And as a, like as a player, from my perspective, like I've stayed away from the exploring the time thing with my account this mostly because I don't hate Drew. <laughs> <laughs> but also like the, it's hard not to use the high level time stuff and not take agency away from the other players at the table. That's um, what kind of so, limits me in wanting to explore that because I don't want to, you know, undo things that they've done and decisions they've made, right? Right. So yeah, let's, it, let's I jump to that question. About let's jump that. to that question from Moku. Um, let's talk time travel. Uh, someone at the table just shifting sands and undoes the whole scene that the group worked on because they, as a player, do not like the outcome. What would you do? And, th- and like, let's just all talk about this. This is not like this whole thing is not meant to be like, hey, Megan, hey, Megan, hey, Megan. So <laughs> let's just talk about this like away away from our actual show and, and talk about time magic. Because I mean, at some point we're going to be in like a season two and we're going to one of us might play Nicanthus. It's not going to be me, but one of us <laughs> might. <laughs> so, I'm going to make I'm going to make Chris ST and I'll play the time traveling Nicanthus. Fuck right off. <laughs> so it's funny that this question came up because um, my in my group, we actually do this all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's never been a problem because we talk to each other about it. So um, what we usually do is we legit just go back and play the scene again um, because things are definitely going to change because we, and usually uh, when I can, as the Acanthus player, when I can, I try to take the cabal, take my cabal mates with me so that we're all replaying the scene again together. And that way, whatever changes, like almost... It's never going to go exactly the same way. Otherwise, what was the point of going back in time, right? right? But anything that does go the same way, we can just skip over. Like, there's no reason to replay it if it's if we're not changing anything, right? So if we're like, yeah, we're going to have this conversation with this NPC that we already had and not change anything. And the SD goes, all right, cool. We'll skip to the part of the scene that you are changing. And it's, it's no big deal. Um, if there is a time when my character is going back by himself, which does happen, um, I, I check with the other players first to make sure they're cool with that. Uh, and in our group, I mean, my group has been playing together for a long time, so we communicate really well. And usually there's no issue. You know, we're like, yeah, go for it. So I'll go back and do that. But usually I'm not going to replay the whole scene by myself. I jump back and I change one thing. And then I jump back to the present and then I get to see all the bullshit that I caused by (laughs) everything I fucked up by changing something and knocking over dominoes. And we all have fun with that. So um, for my group, at least it hasn't been an issue. Sure. That moment, that moment when you get to look at your storyteller and realize they've been rubbing their hands like this for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And I think, I think Megan nails it on the head. And I, I think there's a blatant statement, especially well, for any TTRPG, but especially for Mage, talk with your other players out yep. of character because mm-hmm. uh, we're not here to talk about Occultus Anonymous, but there's an episode <laughs> and and we get some we get some real table drama that I was oblivious to until afterwards. Um, and then I was, oh, people were actually upset because they thought things were going to happen. It's because we didn't talk about it out of character and... I mean, that, there was no time travel involved. There was just giving away the MacGuffin to the Guardians. Oh. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it was one of those, oh, no. And some of it was lack of player knowledge. Some of it was lack of player communication. And at the end of the day, time travel does the same thing. It's like if you're going to zip off and go do something and 
especially if you do it solo, you know, yeah. you're going to have some I issues. Think, but I if think, you take the whole cabal, then everybody's doing the Back to the Future. Yeah, I really like the idea of taking them with you. It's just like, yeah. you guys want to redo that's that. A, that's a really good point. Because, like, that whole... Just because, like, if you're the player that's not being taken back and you suddenly have to, like, redo the same scene and, like, little things are changing, but, like, forcing yourself not to metagame can be tough for some players. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, like, you you can't do anything different. Right. We, we in general, as a show, are very much towards the lighter end of the power gaming and stuff. Drew and I are more towards, you know, (laughs) the average. Like, I'm trying to win, and that has caused some drama between drew and i before and like we'll flurry admit that there's been several friday evenings where we get off and we feel like hey we need to talk for a minute um, are, we, are we good yes we're good we good <laughs> yeah we're, all, we're always good um but yeah like so the fact that we haven't had to have time travel adding to that a couple times has been nice um so thank you craig for only being time too uh <laughs> Um, I mean, but now but that yeah, he's just, got, now that he's got just, paid five, cause, I mean, because we're gonna, yeah, because we're gonna have some more, we're gonna have some more questions that f- generally fill into this sort of sphere. Let me look directly into the camera. Talk to your fellow players. Storytellers don't have a GM versus player attitude, and players don't assume that your GM has a player versus GM attitude. Just talk. Be like, hey, I'm a little confused on what's going on here. I'm a little upset about what happened here. I'm worried about my character. I'm, you know, blah, blah, and like, just talk out your feelings. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, over. every <laughs> once in a while, I mean, we would have something because the I, the question was that they, as a player, do not like the outcome. We've had a, ca- a couple of cases where out of character will, you know, will put the game on pause and out of character talk to each other and say you know i don't really mm-hmm. like how that scene went or the other player would be like oh i thought we were gonna do this and then we didn't and i'm a little disappointed and i'll go well do you want me to go back in time and we'll just do it again <laughs> and they're like yeah let's do that sure. so, like, i legit have a mechanic to, retcon? I love to, that. to literally just retcon stuff <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of jerk ass is, but that's the opposite of jerk ass acanthus. Yeah. Oh no, it's still jerk ass acanthus. I mean, fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, you're talking about one extra reach. Like, ah, advanced scale. All right, grab all them. Woof, off we yep. go. Yeah. Sure. Um, what is the best and the worst thing about working on mage specifically, and like just general like product lines in general? Hmm. Which actually, I'm, um, I'm gonna just step in here, just because I'm gonna. I want Megan to flex a little bit. Megan, what all are you like the lead yeah, and or writer fair. on? Because I know we've got Mage. I think you're still in charge of uh, Changeling, right? Mm, yeah. Um. So the answer is, I've written for almost everything, almost all the Chronicles lines, and multiple of the non-chronicles onyx path lines in addition to uh things not for onyx path um i i'm currently developing a book i can't talk about for green renine uh for modern age the modern age line um i was one of the developers on dark ears 2 um and i've written it's awesome it's awesome which is awesome it's a fucking great book I'm very excited about it. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, it was a lot of fun to work on. I actually, so I was a writer on the original Dark Eras. Uh, well, and it's a Dark Eras companion. And um, so I, that was, I think, one of the reasons that uh, Rose Bailey, when she was still the um, development producer, asked me to be one of the developers for Dark Eras 2 because I had already worked online and was familiar mm -hmm. with most of the lines at the time and, and everything like that. So, um, yeah, but I've written for almost all the Chronicles lines. I think the ones I haven't written for are guys where, well, technically I've written for all of them if you count developing Dark Eras 2 because I had a Geist era and I had a Werewolf era. Um, do, do, do we have you specifically to thank for Geist Mage Pirates? You do. Oh. I told you guys, Megan, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Because I remember so when... I, I think so I lull myself to sleep at night. It's just reading that chapter. Because if I remember correctly, that was I'm one so of the preview chapters like mm -hmm. that was posted on the blog. And I was going, guys, guys, and, hey, and I talked about our show for a year. <laughs> going like, guys, like as soon as this comes out, we're, we're canning this. We're done with we're New York. Going. We're playing fucking pirate wizards. Yes. Yeah, I honestly cannot wait to use Dark Eras 2 with my group. I'm so excited. I don't yeah. even know what era to start with. There are so many I, good ones. I will, I will shout out to uh, some of the guys on the mage server, uh, Ravnius and, and crew. They have been in in, uh, in their uh, gaming highlights channel, Rav posts really, really well-written summaries. You know, summaries of their of their um sessions and they've been doing a really cool cool super high concept uh mage pirate game that's been oh, that's awesome. fun to read about i'm gonna have to check that out it's, mm -hmm. it's very good sweet uh but um what else um yeah uh, i've developed oh I was, i've so i've developed um a, the scion companion mysteries of the world um I develop, I'm in the process of developing the two antagonist books for Exalted 3rd Edition. Uh, I kind of am, like, I, I'm, so I'm the, the line dev for Changeling and Mage, um, but I also just kind of, sometimes there's a book where they'll go, hey, do you want to develop this book? And I'll go, sure. So, <laughs> uh, um, so that, I mean, it's kind of how it works, right? right? So uh, when a developer is available and you want them to work on something, you know, then they'll ask me to do it or they'll ask neil to do it or danielle or whoever mm -hmm. um so yeah cool but as far as uh the best and worst thing i said the best thing for me about working on mage is kind of the same thing that i love about playing mage which is just that um it gives me this opportunity to really dig in and explore all kinds of weird shit that mm -hmm. you know there's just so much there the setting for mage is infinite and there's right. there's so much you can do and it's um everything is mysteries and i'm a huge sucker for mysteries i love mystery fiction um so the fact that the tagline for mage second edition is addicted to mysteries that's just me in real life so <laughs> um it's just the kind of thing that everything uh that you can do with it there's just so much and i love that um and the, i the only thing that i would say is the worst thing is just that um there's so because there's so much of it uh writing and developing mage content usually takes me longer than anything else because i have to make like want to make sure i get it right and there's so much to get right um there's so much setting there's so much history there uh the mechanics interact in complex ways and so i end up kind of double and triple checking everything and um 
you know, I, I don't mind doing that, but I, if I had to pick a worst thing, um, it's just mm-hmm. that kind of that stress of like, I have to make sure I get this right. It's got, it's got a little bit of that like grad school energy of yeah. <laughs> checking your research. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like that when I definitely, when I created our, our recent little mini arc, when I was writing up the whole setting, I was like, all right, let me double, triple check. Like what is, you know, this, this position in the Mysterium called and like, and getting all these details. And of course, like fucking none of them went into the actual game because these guys just right fielded me. Of course. That's another every, video at every turn. That's a whole video <laughs> that I, I meant to record the other day. and haven't gotten to it yet, but because it, I, I got halfway through a take and I was like, nope, I, I need to go with this a different way. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, kind of leads into actually like half of our questions, honestly, because we're just talking, but um, what, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to get into like freelance writing and, and writing professionally for tabletops? Um, so one big thing is know the game you're trying to write for. And I, it sounds obvious, but when I look at a writer's submission, um, I often can tell when they're not really fully grokking what the game is fundamentally about, what its themes are, or they grasp it, but they're not, they don't seem to quite be translating them into mechanics and story and stuff like that. And there's, there's just sometimes this disconnect where I read it and it doesn't feel like the game. Um, and in some cases it's just because, uh, you know, there was, maybe there was some misunderstanding on the writer's part of some part Mm -hmm. of the setting or something like that. And, um, so I would just say one thing is really know the game that you're, that you're submitting for, but also follow instructions, please, please. (laughs) I would say it's not that hard, but. It you have specific evidence to the contrary. <laughs> no, and I mean, I get like people are are nervous about it, or there's you know there's a lot of information coming at you, and I understand that. But things, you know, I, I, you'd be surprised at how many times I will write something into an outline for a book and give it to the writers and say, "Hey, please read this." And then what I get back from them is not the thing that was in the outline, and I'm like, "Okay, like I understand it's a long process." please read the outline and do what it says. <laughs> Just please. Um, Follow directions. But, yeah. I did, that's, that's one of the big things is just make, just double check. Like I said, double check and triple check everything. Um, double check and make sure you followed all the instructions because honestly, if I get a submission that doesn't follow the directions, I'm probably not going to read it. So that's, that's my biggest advice, I think. And then, um, just keep trying. I mean, you can submit once and not hear anything for a long time and um, submit again. And and don't be discouraged when you don't hear anything for a long time, because sometimes there just aren't any books to hire for right now. Like we go through the submissions when we have something to hire for. So like mm-hmm. if somebody submits something for Mage and they say, hey, I really want to write for Mage. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm not going to be hiring for Tome of the Pentacle for however Three long. Years. Like, <laughs> like- I just don't. <laughs> I don't have anything for you right now, but I have mm-hmm. your submission in my hand. And, you know, when I get to that point, I'll read it. But I understand that not not seeing that on the part mm-hmm. of someone who, who submits something is like really nerve wracking. I get it. Um, so, you know, just. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's like that. That's like that ultimate fear with like job hunting in the first right. place of like, I'm not going to hear back from this. 
whether or not I get the job. Like, right. who yeah. knows? Like, you know, was I the the next person not chosen, or was I just at the bottom? Or and and especially with with tabletop being such a uh, foundational creative kind of linchpin to a lot of people that get into it, like it can be even more. It can be even even tougher to like to put yourself out there like that. So yeah, you know, to to people that do you know try to get their stuff published and then have these creative endeavors like more power to you honestly like i i can't do it <laughs> i i've got a i've got a good head for creating some little homebrew rules here and there and that's that's as far as i will ever go for it so you know more power to you like and th there's no there's no harm like with all the you know kickstarter and stuff like this there's no harm in creating a cool little like mini funded one page rpg to show off your skills sometime or I mean, put it out for free on Reddit or whatever. Like that's that's another perfectly valid option. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite experiences of playing tabletops in the last couple of years was uh, running uh, Honey Heist for a couple of these people <laughs> last year. Like, do you want to just be some bears stealing honey? Like, that's fucking cool, <laughs> man. Uh, they called me in for one more heist. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, so. Yeah, Megan, you have experience basically writing for uh, all these different books and all these different spots and stuff. Um, do you storytell much or are you more of a player? Um, I So for Chronicles, I usually like, I usually prefer to play rather than storytell for Chronicles. Um, mm -hmm. Which I'm lucky because my group has another, uh, another GM slash ST who who runs Chronicles well. So I don't mm -hmm. feel like I always have to do it. Um, but for other lines, uh, for other games, I, I'll i run things. Um, I enjoy running... Actually, one of my favorite games to run is Rose Bailey's Beautiful Anomalies. Um, it's a game that she made on her Patreon, and it's so much fun. Um, running that is a lot of fun. Yeah, but Oh yeah, no, I've been collecting them, but we're gonna get to them. <laughs> we're gonna get to them after everybody yeah. them in them to think they were being yes. We're, oh, chat, we're not ignoring you. We are we are seeing you. We're appreciating it. Um, I'm just putting them at the bottom of throw, our list. Throw your puns in there if you got them. You know, we we get OA are pun positive. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's find our next question here. Um So mage in general leads to some sort of harebrained creative ideas as we've kind of established with <laughs> creative thaumaturgy and uh, whatnot and, and the hubris and the, and the, uh, the acts of hubris and everything. So there's a couple of kind of a combo question here from mad mage. Um, so we're going to talk about our, our best examples of a misuse like rules wise of an arcana or specifically what arcana are the worst. Um, and then let's talk about, um, what is an example of a just overly complicated or bad plan that you've seen like backfire or, or, or go wrong. <laughs> and this um, is, let's, let's all talk about it. Let's talk about dumb shit we've done. <laughs> let's yeah, please. Jump I, in I, here. And I just, I would caveat this with, um, our, our game's been on a hiatus for a little while. So if I, I may forget details and stuff. So mm -hmm. please, if you have, if you have some sweet stories, go ahead and tell them. For sure. Um, if, uh, the question, which arcana are most 
under most misunderstood. I'm gonna have to go back to fate and time because um, you heard it here first. I can't. This are the worst. No, they're, they're the best. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it, it's it's a. I think it's because uh, a lot of things. It's like even the gross arcanum there is very intangible, and it's something that we can't really manipulate in real life. So it's mm-hmm. harder to understand what the consequences of doing that are. Like I could pretty easily imagine what the emergent consequences are if I use wonderful machine or if I, you know, give myself wings or whatever. Like some of the other arcana, it's pretty easy to understand. I do this thing, and then what happens? But yep. we don't travel through time in real life so you know except maybe you one, don't one second you say one directional forward so uh so i think it's just harder for people to wrap their minds around um yeah i i totally agree with that like you know creating our characters for the show um you know i think what three of us wanted to be a canthus start like oh it uh, sounds good because it was you yeah me ash and craig and did ash want to too yeah Oh, I really liked the, the like, <laughs> God, if I were going to be triple, triple Acanthus away. and a Mastigos, and it was going to be the worst <laughs> campaign ever. Oh, um, God. We, thankfully, no, yeah, we directed. We discussed doing like a, like a bird coven, because yeah. all witches. And, yeah, um, that's right. Oh, so, God. so yeah, that would have been just a, <laughs> just a, a good example of like a poorly balanced and very, very indirect cabal. Oh, I mean, you um, guys would have done everything. Like yep. in your pajamas, eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> we just delegate. Like you pick, you pick space. You pick prime. Like you know, we'll just all be good. Um, but yeah, the 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 subtlety of Acanthus is is something definitely to speak of. Uh, weird, Craig. But, but also the like, what I like is like sure, I, and we talked about this in game. Like I, I know the destination that I'm going to get to, but I have no freaking clue how I'm going to get there. <laughs> or so power that, over it. Or or power over how I'm gonna get there, right? I know where I'm gonna end up, but I don't know what kind of weird craziness is gonna show up. Um and that gives Drew a lot of tools and knobs and dials and stuff to, you know, try to reward or punish me for trying to take shortcuts or coming up with a creative solution and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of my my favorite things because it comes up in the subreddits and discords and stuff like that. And people are like, wait, really? Fate can just like with within an hour find a bunch of grenades? And I go, yes, <laughs> yep. yes, you can. The problem is you have found said grenades in the back of an army truck on a military base and somehow ended up there. Now you have the grenades. You're in the back of this truck. We're gonna pick up the scene right there. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, welcome my familiar yeah. Ziggy Stardust. Hello, Ziggy. Hello, Ziggy baby. Um, yeah. So, the, as yeah, far so- as the the most overly complicated or just bad plans, I think we can also maybe just look to Craig again. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Which one did you do now? I don't know. My group, so Brimos has had some pretty <laughs> weird. I mean, plans. I'll speak to my own shit here in a second. Yeah. But, yeah. I was gonna say. Um, Let's see. Setting up a domain in a public, crowded <laughs> now, bar. Let's, let's be one hundred percent clear. That was vent. that was just Craig, not necessarily mm-hmm. an acanthus. <laughs> that was sure. weird. Not necessarily. No, I mean acanthus. we're talking specific examples. That's true. That's, that's true. We're that not was part of the question. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, that that was a good one. Drew was very um, nice about that and didn't like. I I, I rolled and yeah. and yes, the the people who who saw it were local sleepwalkers 
who are like, what mm-hmm. the hell was all that? Huh? Uh, but none of them were seer aligned or anything like that. But yes, good. Pla- planning, but to be fair, meeting. in in the same scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> Songbird also unleashes a potency eight um, 80 subject words of truth to <laughs> convince everyone that they had not, in fact, been part of child trafficking of the 16 year old that was in the bar. <laughs> oh, my God. What? What is it about Abrimos that just have to use words Look, of truth every five minutes? It's the <laughs> best spell. <laughs> it's the best spell. You just say real shit and everyone has to recognize that it's real shit. So long as it's the actual truth, yes. Exactly. And no, Perry, don't worry. Chris is not getting out of making bad plans. He is admitting. <laughs> no, no I, I fully fucking dive into that shit. Yep. Uh, there's also the um, the the night with Tassos. Of, um, <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to bring up. Pump, pumping myself up full of life magic and uh, and then allowing a... Uh, Ordo Dracul. Ordo Dracul vampire to experiment on me in exchange for oh. information on the vampires. Yeah, that, uh, that that's sounds that's right. right up there at the tippy top of those stairs of human. Which you know, plan? That's that's just you know normal mage stuff. No, exactly. I am going to <laughs> I mean, it was Chris, a very good that's plan. the problem we're getting to here, right? Like Chris, mages are the worst. Chris does get brownie points for this though, because he was going to be gone the following session and mm-hmm. wrote me. I wrote in myself out a for a re- week. A reason for his character, and I was like, man, I can't even be mad about this. Yep, <laughs> we're just rolling with it. Um, like, sure, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, somewhere there is an order. Dracul Nosferatu with jugs of Obrimos blood. Uh, nice. <laughs> yes. Sure, yeah. will not nice. backfire. Yeah, that, or that's anything. not going to come back to haunt us. In Definitely the not. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the thing. That's Friends. the thing about this question is that when you say a bad plan, like <laughs> I have, I have huge air quotes around that because yes. every, mm-hmm. the worse the plan is, the better it is. <laughs> like yeah. I love that shit. Got to well, build up. You gotta build up that hubris bar like it's a fucking video game. <laughs> right, yeah. like it's well, a super bar. You build up your hubris, and then you go megalomaniacal and yep, go to yep. town. I've... <laughs> yeah, now let's. You gotta, wake it. you gotta force your best friend to awaken with words of truth. Yep, no yep, words of true. truth. Yep. Totally yep. blind him. It's cool. Yep, yep. Yeah, 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 have have fun making banishers. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I rolled for another, another example where where Drew <laughs> has been extremely nice as a storyteller in this game, and, and that both that uh both craig's uh well weirds soulstone and um our, our boy network uh coming out as a banisher were, were all die rolls um it was just literally a d20 it's like all right 50 50 shot what happens uh also while we're talking about bad mage plans and things that could have gone awry uh ash who tends to be the quiet and subdued <laughs> one is the one who's like you know what i'm gonna go out to this band where nobody can see me, no, and I'm just going to try and summon a spirit the old-fashioned fallen magic way, <laughs> and had a moment where she was debating, do I try and make this area an open condition and try and encourage it, or should I do it to myself that the way could possess me, and I'm that going... That was something I had thought about before, and considered doing it, like, when I was with someone else, just to make sure that if something bad comes through, you can stop it. <laughs> Worst case, I put you down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it's yeah not, that sounds like a plan. It's I not make. something I'm even in character opposed to. I just wouldn't want to do it by myself because there is no backup plan in case it goes wrong. So instead, she just tried to encourage it to appear right here. Mm-hmm. 
which worked out because she was like, I'm I'm building up community resonance. I was like, OK, so you meet a little goblin brownie with a little Girl Scout vest. And- <laughs> so if I can just turn it around a little bit on the other side of the spectrum, things that worked out really well was the first time we went into the underworld and we <laughs> talked to everybody into going cast uh, Fool's Rush in to give us all big dice bonuses oh, and everybody all kind of pulled together. Favorite. That that was like our first moment coming together as a cabal. I thought that was, that was mm-hmm. really cool. And, and we actually, Everyone thought it was a terrible idea, but... It was a terrible idea. You guys <laughs> had like no research about the underworld or what's on the other side, but let's just go. And Weird ran in and Songbird was like, okay, well, I guess I need to go the too. Was like... How many Abrimos, when you have uh, each site? Uh, Adamantine well, Arrow was like, well, I guess I've got to follow him or follow her and protect her. What God were you saying, damn it. <laughs> Oh, I was just saying, what do you need research for when you have Mage Sight? Exactly. Come on well, and, and Suppress but it, life. It, they couldn't see us. Right. I was going to say, it, it really was very, very good because literally everybody was like, I'm going to use my primary Arcana because we were episode five six yeah something like that yeah and and so we had fools rush in we had night vision we had Mm -hmm. suppressed life and i think we had um uh inward outward eye and just okay right all four of us boom 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 everybody spells up and i'm like all right this is going to be a badass (laughs) legit team of (laughs) i don't know where it went wrong it all went wrong when john left no uh (laughs) Because John was just as bad. No, I've I've definitely um, had plans right. like that. I think my favorite one was um, so when I realized that uh, so I have my character has a domain right that um, mm-hmm. one of the one of its arcana is time and its its symbolism is particularly oriented where I could like I, shifting sands falls under its purview. So I realized mm-hmm. that you can basically save scum with shifting sands. Where oh if I <laughs> if I oh go boy. back in time to a period like a month ago when I was in the domain, as long as I don't leave, as long as my spells don't leave the area, I can go back as far as I want as long as I was in that location inside the domain. Yep, with infinite so, reach. Yes. However, if you fuck that up... <laughs> It's really bad. You're um, hosed. So, that paradox. Time, so I did this. I did this one time to go back and tell. We we ran into a situation where there was this ghoul that worked for a vampire crime family, and um, he did something terrible. And so I was like, "Well, we'll go back in time and stop him." Um, but it was like a week ago, so I was like, "All right, we have to. I have to go back in time and then call him on the phone." And get him mad enough to come at me, to, to come to my sanctum to try to kill me so that I can kill him first. And so we did this, and he showed up, and he was pissed, and we had this fight, and we ended up killing him, but I failed my act of hubris and went megalomaniacal and decided that the best thing to do after I killed this guy was to mail his head in a box with a snarky note to the crime family's boss, who was a vampire elder. Sure. (laughs) Then just jumped back into the present with, you know, (laughs) just what's going to happen. And my character literally woke up in a coffin. (laughs) (laughs) Just blindly jumping forward. Just blindly going, yep, this is something I did. Let's find <laughs> out. 
see what happens. I bet you're wondering how I got into this position. <laughs> yeah, that's totally like, <laughs> so am the I. Scene to Megamind. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what what is in the, box? in the box? A Megan. Yep. Mm-hmm. A Megan is in the box. Uh- <laughs> all right. Um. So we have kind of a bunch of questions here that all are related around what's Megan gonna put in bo- in in books coming up. Um. <laughs> that I know we can't necessarily answer all of them. So. Ravnius did have kind of a more general question of barring any sort of white wolf approval, disapproval, etc. Are there any particular themes or expansions of mechanics or bits of setting that you are particularly intrigued by or you'd like to push mage towards? I think is a fairly vague open way <laughs> open and vague way to ask that question um if megan got to pick what book she wrote and right yeah um uh, that's a tough question because like i said i mean there's so much to mage that already exists that um it's tough and you and and because there are so many options for players and because you know there are arcana and everybody is drawn to something different. Um, Mm -hmm. Focusing in on, on one thing can be difficult because, you know, I want to provide tools for every player. Um, And so uh, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm, I haven't thought that much about things to introduce in the future yet because there Mm -hmm. are already two books Right. That were already planned. Um, so, you know, right now my brain is. I, I'm working I'm, on those. Right. I'm, I'm working on Tom the Pentacle. And so mm-hmm. um, I really haven't given that much thought to, to you know, what I'm going to do ahead. But plus, a lot of the first edition books are still perfectly fine. Um, you know, we don't Tweaks need a more. second edition Astral Realms book because the first edition Astral Realms book was great. Um, right stuff like that so uh yeah yeah, so that's some that's something we've kind of been like backfilling our setting knowledge with every now and then is like hey we're diving into you know focusing more on some seers and so like i'll go back and read the seers of the throne book be like oh did you guys know about this because it's real fucked up (laughs) (laughs) yeah or you know the i i think the the legacies legacies the ancient legacies the sublime are both (laughs) good um, especially the lore of, the, I mean, the lore of the legacies is still completely relevant. Yep. Yeah. Um, totally legit. I don't think um, too many of them change too much. I will um, say one thing that I would like to do is, um, Mage has had two Night Horrors books, and I would, it would be cool if I could do a third one, um, because the first one was, uh, I'm gonna forget what it was. Intrude, the un- no. Yeah, what the Unbidden called? or something. I forget what it was called, but you know, it was about all of that weird shit. And um, then, of course, Nameless and Accursed was about actual mage adversaries. Mm-hmm. And there's so much war out there. And I would love to do another Night Horrors book, say, that focused on um, stuff from the lower depths or mm-hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, in particular, it would be cool. And this, I mean, this may happen in Fallen Worlds, depending on what goes in there. But it would be cool to revisit um, the Inferno. Because oh, we were just talking I about en- that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that in first edition a lot, and um, I'd like to find some way to 
to pull it into second edition, whether it's Fallen Worlds or or something else. Very cool. No complaints. Um, I'm just gonna kind of rattle off some of these um, ideas that people have had or wanted to ask about, and if you just want to give us a quick "that's cool" or "I don't know," <laughs> um, then. Uh, we can we can talk about that. Um, okay. I know people have talked about having a like a crew or a conspiracy esque mechanic to uh, like mechanically represent a growing cabal. Because mm-hmm. um, the crew mechanic rules are fucking pretty rad. awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're very um, cool. Um, and they were they were the basis uh, for you know other things like mummy cult rules for second edition mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, the conspiracy rules for deviant. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it would be cool because so Mage already has um, plenty of uh, social structure level mystery right? cults and the yeah, orders and most stuff like that. Cults, yeah, got orders and the caucuses and um, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So um, yeah, I think there's there's almost certainly a place in Mage where we could use those rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Uh, I think a, a good number of up upvotes went on to this question. It was. Um, uh, are we going? Uh, would you like to publish more complete legacies for Mage under second edition rules? Um, yeah, current. I would love to do that. And honestly, so in Dark Eras and in uh, Night Horrors, we have second edition legacies, but they're not complete, and right. that's just a pure word count. Um, we mm-hmm. just did not have a room for sure. And uh, and, yeah. and I and I can see. Uh, from a development standpoint where also like the f- kind of the first three dots of a legacy are kind of the important ones because mm-hmm. you know when you get up to gnosis six gnosis eight for those fourth and fifth dots like how many games get that far right so yeah. from from like considering design and play and word count i can totally see how that becomes yep. a, a big concern yeah and um because in second edition we now have um really good granular rules for how to build your own attainments and how to build your own legacy we the the most important part was getting people started on each of those right. legacies and then they could use those rules to you know like you said i mean if somebody actually does get to gnosis six and they want the fourth attainment mm-hmm. they can they can make one yep, um, yep. i mean we made I, two we'll legacies so yeah we've made two legacies for the show so yeah awesome totally um, so yeah, I would love to find a book in the future to publish full second edition legacies. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Sure. I want death legacies that aren't just <laughs> mustache twirling yeah. evil. Yeah. Like, Ash, Ash yeah, has, nice. has issues with <laughs> death like, legacies. Moros legacies specifically. Moros legacies was just like... They're just all like fucking evil. Yeah. Maybe not left-handed, evil? but definitely not great. <laughs> We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll sit down, Ash. We'll, we'll, we'll put our heads together. And make and up we'll, some we'll knock out some and put them up on Storytelling Wall. <laughs> Send it to Megan and three years from now, who knows? <laughs> um, the other one, and, and you just kind of touched on it, of creating your own attainments. Um, Asarum asked um, about alternate arcana attainments of like two dot and four dot, uh, or maybe a, a system of rules for what the maybe a power level is for those. Um, um, I don't think that I would introduce those because, uh, because the, 
place of attainments that aren't the basic ones. I mean, if you're if you're learning the space arcanum, that you know your uh, sympathetic casting attainment is, mm-hmm. is the thing that you do for space. Um, right. It's they're based on the way that you shape your gnosis with a greater understanding of that arcanum. And I think mm-hmm. anything else that was another attainment that did something else um, would be a legacy attainment. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the main server definitely has a, a collection of custom two dot and four dot attainments. And I kind of look at them and I'm like, these are really cool ideas. And they're definitely a way that a mage could understand that arcana at that level. But yeah, I think I think I, I tend to agree with you of that you know, it's more towards a legacy uh, specific kind of interpretation of of that arcana yeah and i mean that's definitely not to say that you know if if at somebody's table they want to do that they are totally welcome and that's great um yep it's just canonic you know in an actual book i don't think that i would do that right Mm because i mean at the end of the day you you have to make a book that like people can pick up and play and don't have to figure out new rules for in order to play because let's be honest it's enough as it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes i believe ash's first comments to me when i sent her the book was there's a flow chart in here <laughs> and i said yeah it, it's fine the it'll be okay you don't chart. have to worry about it the scary resonance ghost flow chart it's it's like i read the whole thing just like okay i'm it's assume it will make sense books. later <laughs> we, we did, have used it so. once oh, Oh. And I remember when we first started playing, like we were 30 minutes casting a spell. Now we're down to like yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even. It, you know, 15 seconds and dice are rolled, right? Yeah. That's it. So there was definitely a learning curve for us. Yeah. I have I have a one shot that I'm doing with newbies again on Sunday and I'm looking forward to it. It's like, all right, guys, here's how spellcasting works. Hey, hey, down and dirty spellcasting is your friend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. With noobs, uh, it's it's you know, with people who are new to the system, I like to introduce people little by little to the system rather than mm-hmm. just like give them everything. So Oh yeah. That's uh, fair. But yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. Um yeah, I think the the like that little power gamer switch though hits me when I'm like down and dirty. But what about Yantras? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have Yantras? more dice to reach? roll, please. About, yeah. Thank you. No, I get um, it. <laughs> yeah. It's like how am I supposed to have infinite cosmic power if I'm not using all of my infinite cosmic power? <laughs> um, I think the the last of these that I'll kind of throw at you is um, is there. Could you see um, more products that are um, kind of pre-considered? I won't say pre-published adventures, but like pre-considered scenarios um, or setting materials like the Boston Unveiled, which is such a cool book from from the past of of Mage. Yeah. Um, um, so Expanded setting locations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so one thing is Mage is one of the few, if not the only, I can't remember, Chronicles a line that does not have a jump start so for second edition um Mm -hmm. because there was no kickstarter and uh Uh, but vampire has one and i'm not sure about werewolf but um playing it's part of the con tomorrow i'm playing in the as yet unpublished geist jumpstart Ah uh, yes, um, yeah. Which I'm so really looking forward to so be- because Mage doesn't have one, I would definitely love to make one. Um, mm-hmm. 
that would be great. And uh, I love um, location, like setting books like that, but uh, the trend for second edition has really been a veering away from one entire book that's nothing but one setting more to sure. something like uh like contagion chronicle or dark eras or um right. like what the core books do where they present multiple settings or like even the mage core that's has those, the that think, chapter on the four yeah um, mystic locations or whatever it's locations called. yeah and so it would more likely be something like that where it would be a whole book filled with multiple like each chapter is a different location or something like that i would love to do that I mean, I was yeah. just saying, I mean, that, if you ever want to do like a jump start set in like New York City, I know <laughs> some folks. <laughs> we, we've got some NPCs. Yep. Um, um, I'm gonna grab one of the Twitch questions just because I think it's a it's a really um, interesting one to grab real fast. Um, so, Chronicles of Darkness is, in general, uh, a collection of horror games. Yes, we all agree with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Mage has some different takes on that horror. It's definitely more of a thinker horror. Um, it's it can tend to be more what have I done rather than oh shit what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how as a developer for a horror game, this comes from Mystic Seven. Um, as a developer for a horror game, how do you struggle to avoid making the game too dark and horrific? So um, this goes back to a couple things. It goes back to one, the thing that we talked about early on, which was communicate with your players, communicate with your ST. Um, there's an entire chapter, there's a like half the ST chapter in Changeling is dedicated to player safety and tools that you can use to make sure everybody feels comfortable at the table. If you know, you could use, um, uh, what's it called? Well, lines and veils to say, okay, I'm not comfortable with doing X thing. We, we just aren't going to cover that. And then, then everybody agrees we won't do that. Um, but the other thing is that Rose Bailey one time a while ago, I think it was a blog post she wrote or something like that, um, wrote something called Scaring is Caring. And it was basically a little essay about how the, the best way to write horror is through the lens of compassion. Um, the idea behind developing and running and playing a horror game is not actually to make your players feel horrible (laughs) um Mm -hmm. it's it's to it it can be catharsis it can be a way to explore um you know the human condition or to explore uh ways that people react to horror or horrific um situations in a safe space or something like that um but really the way to do it is just to to make sure that you're being compassionate that you're thinking about the players that you're thinking about how people will react to things and that you're um that you're empathetic if you write horror with empathy then you're not gonna you know you it's easier not to cross lines because you are you're thinking about the people involved rather than just hey here's a really horrible thing that i could do Maha. right um i mean it's thinking about some... how people will react to that or how people um engage with that then uh I, in my experience that's that's the way to do it yeah there's certainly something to be said about the difference between challenging um versus attacking your yeah. players and characters yeah for sure um and I, you know, I already soapboxed once, so I won't go into that. But use yeah. safety tools at the table. Um, they're, they're very good. Even if you don't think you might need them, 
use them, be explicit about them. They will save you, even if you're not on stream for thousands of people. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. Sure. But uh, to be aware and be aware of your players from a storyteller perspective, from a player's perspective. Um, be aware of how people are feeling at the table Yeah, and check in with them. Don't just assume that someone's going to speak up if you've crossed a line because that 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 social anxiety i mean we a, a lot of us in this community deal with social anxiety deal with uh mental health issues and stuff like that uh-huh. and saying something in the moment may not be that thing possible. you can do yeah uh-huh. may not be possible yeah. especially if you are like us people that are on stream um you know there is a pressure to uh roll with it to roll with it to you know, yeah. the show must go on so um, I mean, we'll be perfectly openly honest. That is something that we have had a couple times on the show. Mm-hmm. We're like later on, we're like, "Hey, that wasn't okay." Um, and I don't. I think we, we have grown as a group of players and and address that and are more willing to say, "Hey, time out. Let's fucking cut this episode. Let's pause. Uh, we need to talk as as players and not as characters for a, yeah. for a few minutes." Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn the cameras off. For a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Cameras. Uh, um, and, and as far yeah, as I think, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. Um, just as far I think the uh, the question was also talking about um, developing a game and making mm-hmm. uh, making sure the game isn't too horrific. Um, I would say sort of the same thing coming at it from from a position of empathy, but also doing everything with purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Any anything that you put into a book that's supposed to be a horror game or a horror story even if it's only there to generate a reaction a shock reaction or a, or a um you know a terrified reaction and it it's not if that's the only reason it's there or if even if that that's the first reason it's there really rethink whether it's necessary um because everything should serve the themes and the story and the character development and all of that sort of thing in the setting first and then, if it's shocking, cool. But the shock value, for its own sake, is something to avoid, uh, in my opinion. Fuck out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I think we'll kind of weave our way through the to the next question. Um, with developing horror. Um, what this comes from Frosty from the main server. Um, what antagonist types like dread powers and etc. from other splats um do we find tend to appear more frequently or make for good antagonist uh and i thought this was a good question for us because fucking always yeah. full we, we, we got a little bit of a zoo going we on. got a few a little bit of cross splat antagonists going on and there's kitty cat so um, let's start with actually i i wanted to, i want drew to talk about this a little bit who yeah, how, how did oa become the mage game that's about other splats for a while. <laughs> it was because I didn't want to throw other mages at you and kill you. Um, because, yeah. you know, like as, as a newbie mage, like you're up against higher level mages and God help you if you start as a newly awakened template and you've got a whopping two dots in an arcana. Uh, you piss off the wrong guy, he casts ban on you and you're dead. You know, um, not that I have a thing for space mages or anything, but yes. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe put that one as a question that you need to ask Megan here in a bit, Chris. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, 
it, it and for me it was it was it was a two-parter one let's give the chance for mages to be kind of cool and even base level mages you know can you know beat up on you know some ghosts you know pretty easily um and uh then you know we start to expand out to other stuff you know especially like there, there's a reason the very first antagonist that the cabal runs into is a ghost because they had a moros with three dots in death. Uh, and death an abrimos we can handle it what was that chris you're muted i think and an abrimos yes and an abrimos yes uh uh, and yeah, it was it was very very easy to handle. And oh, good lord! Hi, everybody. Where did you all come from? Oh, hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it was that. And then of course, werewolves are just cool. And in my opinion, one of the few good guy splats. Because uh, like you can play a good guy vampire, but they're still. Right, they're still a vampire, and like you can't look at any of their like um, covenants and go, "Oh, these are the good." This is the covenant of the good guy vampires. Like mage, you could look over at the free council and go, "Ah, these guys, these guys are all right." And there's some some messed up stuff, but yeah, there are you know they're all right. Werewolves, werewolves, you could go. These guys hunt people who are claimed and possessed and no longer in control of themselves. That's a good thing. I think we can all agree that's a good thing. And so, boom, those are the guys who end up in, in the yeah. game. To, but then oh they my want God, to kill my sun eaters. So, uh, specifically speaking to the werewolf point, because we had this moment on Wednesday where we realized that from the perspective of spirits, werewolves are cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a moment about that. Did you need to sit and just kind of stare mm-hmm. out the window? Yeah, sorry, Chris. Yep. You're the spirit cops. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I For me, like, it depends. Uh, you were saying, because you had a Moros, so you introduced ghosts. It totally depends on um, what the arcana are that your players have and mm-hmm. what they're best at. Um, you know, like, for, for me, I often play mind mages because I really enjoy uh, doing stuff with the astral and messing with, you know, telepathy and all of that. Um, so... Our game had a lot of astral stuff going on because there was a mind mage in the group. Um, in general, I, I love having other splats show up in mage games because it's fun for me as, like, out of character, obviously, well, I know everything about, say, Prometheans. But as a mage character, I know jack shit about Prometheans. And it's super fun to go through that process of, my character doesn't know anything about this, and I get to jump into the deep end and, you know do some wacky stuff and figure it out um so i enjoy using other splats as antagonists and just yeah. npcs in mage games there's, there's i really a like having bit. them for that yeah. reason just because like the way i built my character was as someone who is very intellectually curious curious brand new to this wants to see and learn everything so Wait, yes you, tell you me have about described a mage <laughs> let me meet some ghosts yeah well no yeah. specifically and be friends like, with them all yeah not just like looking for like power and such, just right. Yeah, just exploring a whole, a new, a whole new world. world right? I want Atratus to explore. No yeah. interest in exploiting the splats yeah. that she meets. Right. Well, I can see that um, you're Mysterium, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, um, from a bit of perspective, after the Richmond game, I had every intention of having no 
no cross splat stuff going on. And then like through the course of four weeks of play, I was like, well, you know, this actually would make sense. Like if the, if the, uh, Thyrsus, um, head of the concilium is being secretive because she doesn't trust her, uh, the rest of the council, maybe she does recruit some werewolf allies. You know, that makes total sense that they would be able to like get along at least on a, you know, professional level um and like have you know having some back pocket rahus is is not a bad thing to have (laughs) um and so unless they rage on you yeah well fair um but uh we do have we do have a deviant in our show um we don't have full rules for him yet um but uh (laughs) um there i i definitely there are, I think, a lot of potential ways that Deviant could be crossed into Mage because, again, we talked about being at the top of that set of stairs of hubris and just fucking yeeting yourself down it and just, <laughs> you know, finding out what happens. And, and you know, there are, I think, any any path of Mage could do enough to a person if they're curious enough to create a Deviant. Oh, yeah. And Deviant's going to be awesome. I can't wait until you guys see the finished book. It's amazing. I I was super I, happy I, I with the manuscript. It. I loved it. Yeah. I loved playing in it and being an badass Nazi killing uh, young lady with a dog who gives magical healing kisses. Like that's my jam. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> there's two. There's two things Drew likes in in this world. Um, three things: necromancers, venom, <laughs> yep, and base building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate yep um so yeah this kind of leads to uh yes travis was gooey um <laughs> uh, i thought i had another question for this let me see maybe i didn't um i just want to talk about contagion chronicles and how excited i am to play it <laughs> one day and it just sounds so cool and like the entire core conceit of Chronicles second edition being, Hey, these rules are meant to play nice together and like a further double down version of that. And it's about saving the world mm-hmm. at different sort of tiers of focus of how, you know, do you want to be street level Avengers or do you want to be cosmic Avengers? And I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. Totally. Well, and I think yes. Contagion Chronicle hits a really, really good thing that we see occasionally in movies and comics venom being one of the big ones in my head which is it's really really fun to watch the scary scary guy that you have been fighting with or conflicting with and all of a sudden he goes hang on we're gonna put this on hold you and i are gonna team up and you go yes please because it's the best part in all of star wars i'm hyperbolizing here but when (laughs) vader goes yeah you know what i'm gonna throw the emperor down the shaft sorry spoilers like that is such a great that is such a great moment and everybody goes yes because here's vader in his scary black armor and we've been terrified of him the entire movie series and he's just tanking that force lightning and then lobbing the emperor down the thing. And then you get to tack on the whole like fatherly love little checkbox. And it's just like, man, all right, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. Contagion is going to be awesome too. Um, I can't wait till you see that either. (laughs) 
we're we're here for it yep. honestly yeah I, i've got drew a game I, to run already <laughs> yeah drew, drew and i especially i think uh i everyone in the group will admit that we we are out there looking into things a little bit more and and reading up some of the kickstarter manuscripts and stuff like that and like there's so much cool stuff coming from onyx path in the future and not even all of it is mage related so uh I'm <laughs> yeah just very excited that I, I i would never i i mentioned it earlier but i i never would have expected that this for my personal tastes of rpgs way crunchier system would have captivated uh my my interest you're so you're much. a barbarian only playing <laughs> Hey, I made as you close to a, a barbarian. You did make. I a made a barbarian in, in yeah. mage. Like, I'm, yeah, I was gonna I mean, say a, you're you know. in a primos arrow, <laughs> and a literal MMA fighter. fighter. Yeah, yeah, I'm a punch I mean, wizard. I, I also um, make necromancer librarians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think we we just we'll just put up a big heart to everything that's coming. <laughs> Mummy two e deviant. Contagion. So cool. um, Mummy needs to come out so I can have the, rebuke the vizier show up and just watches the entire cabal goes. What do you mean I can't cast spells right now? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I reject this. I'm pulling the yeah. next card. <laughs> um, Wouldn't it be great if you had friends who weren't mages? Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is rebuke the vizier works on any wacky supernatural powers, basically. Mm-hmm. It becomes a clash of wills Where? to even be able to do it. I mean, do werewolves need supernatural powers to rip you apart? To change into as, a rock? As, as, or to change into Garu form? Ask your ST. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hang on, Megan. <laughs> no, I'm not going to put Megan on the spot with mechanics questions. Don't do it, chat. <laughs> also, do it. werewolf is. You want to ask Chris Allen about werewolf, not me. He's the expert. Chris Allen, come on by. We'll set up a Q&A with you because uh, I definitely know there's a lot in our Occultist Anonymous Discord who <laughs> would love to talk to you about werewolf. <laughs> I, 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 it's I, me. Yeah, I swear about like a third of our Discord chat. I'm like, cool, we have a whole little what's happening channel and I hear all about these mage games. Oh, there's a little vampire game. And then there's all the werewolf stuff. I'm like, where did you guys come from? Whatever, we're <laughs> happy to have I'm involved. Werewolves are um, cool. Werewolves are very yep. cool. Um... There is a question from Twitch from DeepStab01. Um, what are your thoughts on the Abyss? What is your approach to running it? I think is oh. kind of the intent of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, running the, the Abyss. Um, the key to, I think, so for me, like as far as approach to what the Abyss is and then my thoughts on it, um, the Abyss is everything that does not and cannot exist. Um, mm-hmm. It's not Simple. evil. <laughs> right it, yeah obviously um it's it's not evil it doesn't hate you it doesn't have opinions it's just stuff that isn't stuff that isn't and it's just um antithetical to reality and mm-hmm. so running the abyss um it's it's a little hard i mean it's it's hard <laughs> because by definition, those things don't exist and you can't think about them. Um, so it tends to be, uh, when I've seen the abyss run well in a game, it's when little, it's very insidious, right? Little things that just are wrong and 
it's really hard to, you know, they're, they're just, you try to study them and you kind of can't and uh, everything seems off. Um, it's a very unsettling thing for a mage to go, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think Ripples um, did that then. <laughs> it's also from a player perspective, infuriating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're like, hey, so I know the rules of this game and I should be able to do this thing. And your storyteller goes, fuck you. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you're like, oh. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Drew, do you want to talk about Ripples yeah. as an example? Because I think that's, a, I, yeah. from, from what I've seen of talk about mage games, that's one of the best abyss things I, i've seen yeah. and i'm not just saying that from being part of the show yeah no ripples ripples was terrific um and is so far my favorite antagonist that i that wasn't a fight and just didn't care ripples just showed people other lives that they could have had over and yeah. over and just you just keep looking into a reflection and you're drawn in you watch another life you watch another life and you watch another life and then you feel your soul get getting jiggled out of your body whoops <laughs> and, and nice. it, it, yeah well it was terrific because and i i craig thank you so much for not being a power gamer or being super meta or anything and going well that was that was fun let me let me look back in there let me do that again let me do that again let me do yeah. that again and then well it really tied into the whole acanthus thorns thing that was awesome oh yeah and it, i i loved it but uh yeah and then then craig got the the soul shaken condition and i think that's when craig realized Oh wait, hang oh, on. Oh shit. Something's <laughs> wrong here. Yeah, actually, uh, we did something like that in my group's game, um, a little bit similar uh, with the abyss, where we the characters ended up on a train, a, basically like a subway train that went to um, an abyss touched place, and so it was basically an abyss train, and mm-hmm. uh, no. <laughs> and everybody was having these like running into characters who either like had been eaten by the abyss and therefore never existed or um like you said like things people that they might have known in in other lives they could have had but that just never happened um timelines that aren't real anymore or never were real in the first place um and uh then at some point i tried to what did i i forget exactly what i did but it was I did some really dumb thing. Like I was trying to quote unquote fix uh, oh, no. what was going on. Oh no. And yep. I, <laughs> I managed to both roll an act of hubris and um, crash the abyss train. Uh, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Call that Tuesday in May. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't you, you don't think yeah. the abyss necessarily needs to be horrible stuff. It needs to be weird, freaky, not stuff. Right. And it's not Can't necessarily horrible in and of itself, but it's going to be horrific for you as a mage because this shit shouldn't exist. Right. Or it becomes tempting. Well, also and, true. And mm-hmm. or. <laughs> and or. Yes. Yeah. And or uh yeah the 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 chapter on celestis which i still haven't got to (laughs) really kind of settled my brain into being like oh okay because before all i know was like hey there's brain spiders i don't want them 
We have Please that emoji. Keep, by the keep, way. keep the yeah. Uh, shout out to Amanda. Um, we yeah we we in general the show are very scared of the paradox. Um, we don't want to deal with the abyss. We want to keep the abyss out of the real world. And uh, but I could see uh, as a player having some fun playing a just super hubris laden Celeste is bad 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 man as a character <laughs> yeah i mean in the future. one one thing that's kind of my jam with that is like playing the person who well i'm i only caused a little bit of paradox it's okay just, just i mean little, if i if fine. i just use paradox as a weapon just a little bit it's fine but just just release it yeah it's fine it's, it's okay <laughs> and and then after a while you're like oh maybe this is not okay anymore but now i can't go back nope. yeah you you turn and look behind you and that entrance to that tunnel is real far back. Yeah. <laughs> like how far? Oh, that is that is going to be a bit of a walk. And I didn't bring any snacks. <laughs> the abyss um, won't bite snacks. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, one of the interesting things about playing Drifter because he was not afraid to skirt that line or even like. Yeah, if I can take a half a dozen seers with me, I'll dive off the freaking diving board. Heck yeah. Yeah. Mm, Drifter yeah. the Abrimos, whose opening scene was uh No, hang on, let's having... let's clarify here. That was that Drifter. No, oh, sorry. I'm Drifter. Vicar. Yeah. <laughs> Vicar. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not yeah, the Drifter only one that's do done that, that sure. the entire time of this. Yeah. Uh Vicar the Abrimos, whose opening scene was having a seer rival send a supernal being to assassinate Vicar. Sending the angel of death at him <laughs> and Vicar trapping him in a ban and just unloading with big old pistols and, just and paradox itself fish in a barrel. Jeez. Yeah, and paradox yeah. itself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, that was definitely an interesting character to play. But that was, was my first was... left left hand moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wondered I, about uh, that. My character one time we were up against some hunters and. Uh, they were they were getting the jump on us and my character got pissed and ended up deliberately causing um dissonance like deliberately oh, yep. exposing them to the to to paradox and then a minute later he was like holy shit that was a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i did that and yep it's the thing i really really love about mage compared to breaking points because breaking points as as long as as far as i've seen happen in a moment you roll the breaking point right then and there whereas acts of hubris happen at the end of the scene <laughs> you have time to sit down and think about what you've done and you yes. go, oh whoops <laughs> that was a big whoops huh <laughs> or it's even better when you don't go whoops and you're like yeah it's fine yep this is fine this is fine. The Some, house is burning down. It's fine. It's somehow, fine. Songbird still sitting with six wisdom. Six. And I don't know how. Six. Seven wisdom? Six. Six. You have six. Okay. You lost six. one. Yeah. yeah, you lost the one related to network. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't related, but that's what led to network. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, we talked about Celestis and the Abyss. And I think right along those same hubris lines are the. Uh, oh, shit. I just had my brain fall out of my head. Um, the Tremere, also from Nameless and Accursed. Um, and we talked about some of the horror of Mage being the what I have what have I done. Um, but um Perverseness D D from Twitch chat asked a little while ago, uh, who was it that put forward the idea of Mage as addict? Uh the need to discover. Mage has always been a great line, 
but at times has seemed a bit left of the mark for a horror game until the idea of that addiction to mystery got introduced. Oh, that was Dave Brookshaw. Um, I was going to say, I think we blame Dave on that one. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, part of his, I mean, he, um, he, when he started to you know, uh, figure out what was going to go into second edition, what it was going to look like, you know, he's got his um, huge setting Bible that he wrote for the writers. And uh, yeah, that was all him. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Dave, for a lot, a lot, a of, lot of stuff. Yes. Uh, a oh, lot yeah. of things. Um, but yeah, I think um, just speaking to that from, from a player and from a mechanics perspective, the thing that it finally clicked to me was obsessions penalize your act of hubris. That is such a core mechanic as setting and setting as mechanic. I really, really, I just think it's one of the, one of the best mechanical touches in the game. Yeah. That, it's awesome. And, and, and your vices and virtues also factor into that as well. But just that obsession of like, did I do something wrong? No, I fucking didn't because I need to know about this. Yeah. Don't try to stop me. It's I'm not doing anything wrong. Get out of my face. <laughs> Which is going to be great in the next, though. oh, I don't know, half dozen episodes of Songbird. E- <laughs> I think I've failed everyone I've rolled. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I don't do a hubris. I'm unlucky. Yeah. Guys hate me. <laughs> I have rolled a yes, lot but, of acts of hubris, and I have failed fewer of them than I deserved to fail. <laughs> that would be the songbird, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the things, the ones it, it that actually was things a... I failed, making a soul stone, which is mm-hmm. like a thing that mages Rip. do, and uh, killing the guy who killed my brother, yep. which With the ghost seems of her justified. <laughs> yep. I didn't oh even do God. it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even didn't do even the do killing. It. Oh, um, then it's okay then. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it actually for Songbird was like an in character thing that like for, I don't know, probably close to like 30 episodes. I never invoked a paradox, mm-hmm. even though I overreached all the time mm-hmm. Damn. and I never failed an act of hubris for wow. the longest time. And I was like, I, I've got this. It's fine. I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> And that, like, and like, with with the background of the character being an MMA fighter, like, and that like cocky shithead, fucking like toxic masculinity, like leaking into that uh, that character a bit was it was always a, a good character thing to do. Still, I think. still, one of my favorite things in that we've ever done is Songbird. After I don't know how many sessions and development and coming out as. Uh, uh, Gender fluid. Gender fluid, thank you. Um, and then getting to meet the astral version of Songbird, the cocky MMA fighter, and that was and having that whole like Hulk in, you know, Infinity Wars. Oh, that's that's embarrassing. Uh yeah. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fought fought the astral version because uh, Songbird has two dots of fame. So there's this big Goetia of, of Songbird out there of how nice. people think about him. Uh, awesome. And so fighting my astral representation and taking my iconic red leather jacket from my astral version. That was that was a fun yes. character beat for sure. Yep. That's awesome. Um I had a question I kind of uh put up here. It's kind of a rambling long one, but what are let's just kind of 
bring up to everybody. What are some of the like specific little details about Mage as a setting? We talked about how infinite and varied and everything that the setting can be and, and all the details that exist and all of the various, you know, you can go to the underworld, you can go to the supernal, you can go and they can't go to the supernal, but you, you get the idea. Um, what are some of your, and this to everybody, what are some of your, some of your favorite small aspects of the Mage setting? Uh, what do you kind of ponder and, and emphasize uh, when you're thinking about writing a setting or thinking about writing a character or, or thinking about writing a book? Um, Ash? Of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I or, mean, the mage is. setting in particular or in general? Um, yeah, let's, let's stick to mage. <laughs> so, like, one of the, one of the details I really like is uh, the, the unknowable nature of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Is a that's a really cool theme that comes out in second edition. That's this thing that like it seems to exist out of time and out of reality, but it's tangible and you can hold it in your hands. Maybe um, that, uh, <laughs> that I, I really like that little aspect of it all. That and the whole yeah, wisdom versus hubris struggle is uh, an aspect Wait, I really enjoy. Those two levers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to I really like the astral and like navigating it. The bit we did versus like, okay, we're in the tomatoes word association, basically. Yes, to hop from place to place. Yep. Shout out to Nakal um, for ruining that word for me, and I now permanently call it the, the tomato. tomato. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> and then there is in chat. The there he is. So, yeah, that and there then are. also just the mechanics of like the ways your how do I time out somebody? souls work? Your arrows and it's just very yeah. good to me. Uh, 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 oh, as I will call it. Uh, I think that might be in the book. That that is changeling. That's a changeling thing. Oh, fair. Uh, <laughs> fine. Mage is fucking with their own Nairos and meeting their uh, their Goetia. Their Go- Go- yeah, yeah, Daemon. Their Daemon. I was Damon. actually yeah. That um, was that was one of the things I was going to say is I love Oniris diving and meeting your Daemon yeah. and exploring your psyche and seeing all the things that are wrong with you. <laughs> Craig loves yeah. Oniris diving too. I, I really wanted to get more into it, but we didn't go in that direction. But yeah. that was some of the, the best story beats for me personally as a player was, was yeah. the Oniris diving. I mean, it, we, we've talked about it more out of character and out of game about how to balance uh, what can be a fairly one player centric scene mm-hmm. that yeah, can go I, on for a while. Yeah, I mean, um, our group tends to do it as downtime where it is literally just one on one between sessions. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about that too. We have. Um, we, you know, we, we, we threw it under the bus. Being we didn't very like different it. between all of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I'm working all mornings now, so uh, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, someone still works at nighttime. One day. Oh, well. Yeah. One day. Um, <laughs> but I'm uh, being a vampire. Yeah, no. At, um, the, the astral. True. Yeah. That, the astral yep. is literally the thing that like, because I like playing mages in games general. I like playing my necromancer and stuff like that. And when, oh, the Moros are here. They're literally necromancers. Can I raise zombies? Cool. Yep. All right. I can even make golems and pets, minions. I'm on board. And then flipping, flipping the astral realms. Excuse me, what? And that, that that was literally the thing that won me over. And uh, we, we made the joke earlier. Yes, the way to win me over is base building. And I'm like, 
I can base build in the astral. I can make a fortress in the astral and, you know, <laughs> rule from on high. That's what, you know, that's where Drifter was, was you know, headed to for my little Richmond stuff. So, yeah, the astral is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's absolutely terrific. And I like the fact that Beast uh, can kind of tap into it. I don't know that any of the other splats really can. Um, because I know, like, changelings can get into dreams. But, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, and I guess technically demons can do whatever demons want to do. Um, <laughs> Man, that's a game, huh? That's a yeah. thing. Uh, but yeah, the astral is, you know, wonderful. Um, and the the sheer idea of, like, perspective and like, oh, yes, I'm going to go to, you know, the Goetia of this person or that place. And it's like, well, there's like seven different versions of Thor in the astral, depending on... Yeah where you're going you want ye old short what approach red you're taking you know short stumpy red-headed angry guy from the norse sure we got him over there but we also have chris helmsworth over there <laughs> and that version of thor and you know and then next to him is the comic book version of of thor and the 17 billion versions of that so yeah the astral is dope i love the astral um the, the other thing i when it's a little detail that I love um, is the House of Ariadne. It's my favorite legacy. It's so, um, so good. I looked I like so hard so at that legacy. Yeah. Weird, Weird was close to that one for sure. Um, I mean, I, so I grew up in a big city. I grew up in Philly. So mm. the idea oh. that like the city is, is uh, the city hides truths. Um, and just the implications that that legacy exists, which means there is some truth to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love the House of Ariadne. Yeah, I, so I we, looked so hard at that one. So uh, Drew, Ash, and I went up to PAX East last year, or PAX, uh, PAX Unplugged. Unplugged last and year. And we missed Megan. Oh yeah, but last so year I was having some some. You did not have a yeah. great time. I heard. Yeah, not have a good no, weekend. No, it for was sure. bad. Um, <laughs> But we stayed, God, I forget what the neighborhood's called, but about 10 blocks or so south of the convention center. Um, and there's all these like really cool, like brick-laden alleyways sneaking behind all these like oh, yeah, the and old buildings and stuff. Yeah. And we left, we left on Saturday night from the convention and it was cold and it was foggy. And we're walking down and I look over and there's a dude in a like big trench coat with a dog just chilling down one of these alleys, just standing there. Dog was just not even sniffing, just sitting kind of at attention. And I was like, this is some Chronicles of Dark <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> totally. Yep. That, so, and, I, and I've had moments like that in New York. And I think for me, that like vibe of that, like dark, like a, a city darker, like through a mirror darkly kind of thing mm -hmm. just resonates so strongly with some of those, north like northeast cities yeah. philly and boston and, and new york and, they're so they're they're, uh, they're closer they're built they're closer, closer. yeah it, it, yeah for sure yeah it's like for me it's like i want to play chronicles of darkness in a location like that because i do know them more as well mm -hmm. so i think uh, I, there's a bit of that and richmond has some spots like that too and it's my home city so that's why i set the game there um or i want it to be out in the middle of the fucking mountains in the middle of nowhere and have some fucking yeehaw jethro fucking werewolves or some shit uh and just have some weird shit going down out in the middle of nowhere where there's a lot less sleepers yeah, um, werewolves. oh boy 
Hell yeah. I'll play that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, where yeah, we'll play it. <laughs> let's go to West Virginia. Let's meet Mothman. No, don't. No, no. Hey, we have enough. We have enough on our plate. <laughs> please, um, please keep the, the, the tangents to a minimum. <laughs> um, did you have any other like small details that you wanted to add, Megan? Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Those are the, the major ones that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, everyone kind of touched on a lot of mine. Um, specifically um from a like reading through the book like drew talked about getting to the astral and being like hey this is fucking rad um most of the core book for that was me was for me and i was just like this is great and then we were what like three or so months into playing and signs of sorcery came out (laughs) and i was traveling like the book came out and i got on a plane the next morning And disappeared off social social communication, a a four hour flight from Austin to New York. And I devoured that book and the, uh, the boons section of all the supernals. I think that's probably my favorite thing in all the thing. I want to summon a supernal every goddamn session. I want to see all these weird boys from the supernal (laughs) and, uh, you know, we, we have a, uh, kind of a joke now that, uh, if we're going to summon a supernal in game, it has to be giving Drew zero chance to be prepared of what it is. Oh, no. <laughs> start rolling dice. Start rolling dice, and Drew, you better be ready by the time I roll this dice pool ten times because oh, we're no. we're going live. <laughs> it's okay. I, I I put the fear of Craig learned his lesson this yeah, time. Put yeah. the fear of the exarchs <laughs> into them because they 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 summoned up a supernal, asked some questions about where a tetrarch's armory was, and of course the entity that shows up goes cool what can why do you want to know things about the holy eye and how will you serve ruin today and craig goes (laughs) (laughs) i was like yep uh, never mind no we don't need any of that thanks and of course the supernal entity goes oh now you've wasted my time well here have a friend (laughs) have a gift have a gift (laughs) they they Um, did not want this gift (laughs) yeah but all those all those and because i know they're they're written not just as like this is what supernal beings do if they're of you know if you're an angel with fate but as examples and as uh sort of that i i really appreciate all of the different spots in in the two books that mage has for second edition where it's like here's a good jumping off point for homebrewing or for creating things for your game yeah um i think i think y'all have done a great job of of giving those tweaks and giving those ideas and you know, like the, the example we talked about legacies earlier of having just enough to let you know this is what you should do yeah and the tools um, so, that's that's kind of the approach that um that we've been taking in second edition chronicles in general it's the approach we took mm-hmm. in changeling as well with being able to create your own courts and stuff like that um mm-hmm. hey there are three second edition mage books out not two. oh sorry nameless <laughs> yes <Yep. laughs> Uh, I think in my head I meant like more player facing stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I, mean, um, play, I mean, there's Tremere and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so Science yeah. Science of Sorcery totally. was an amazing book to work on. I love God, that, it. I, it was, I, it was I, really I funny when it came out and watching everybody's reaction of, they did this, they did this, they did this. And like, <laughs> I don't think anybody complained about anything. Everybody exclaimed over everything. And I mean, I, I'll be honest. I was stealing stuff from Signs and Sorcery before I was playing Mage. I put perfected medals in my D&D game. Because <laughs> like, this is brilliant! Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, 
I, as the forge master of the cabal and, uh, <laughs> with the, uh, oracalcum brass knuckles as my dedicated magical tool. Yeah. I, that chapter is very, very cool as well. Yep. Um, but, uh, I think more, uh, to speak more to the abstract, as opposed to the mechanical of this question, um, the, the, um, everything to do with the higher level metaphysical stuff of the supernal um like signs and sources says yes there are aeons that are at the edge of the uh ocean Ouroboros. here are their names here's what they reside in uh and then it goes hey there's maybe some uh oracles chilling out in the supernal yep we don't know if they're really real Maybe they're related to the Watchtowers, uh, but they've all got dope ass names. Like the the Abrimos one is what like the the know, the king the king of thunder or something. I forget exactly what it's called, but that that part of like the and I think that the Atlanta stuff factors into this as well. The the fact that they're in a book in a game about discovering everything and uh, being addicted to mysteries that there is explicit written things from the author saying you can't fucking know this good yeah. luck yeah i mean to <laughs> i me, think like, it's a really one, good decision one of the, you know we were talking about mage is a horror game and um a lot of it is what have you done kind of stuff but one mm-hmm. of the things uh that really gets me when i'm when i'm playing mage as part of the horror too is is that the fact that there's stuff you can't know and the fact mm-hmm. that you your soul visited the supernal one time and you cannot get back there you can't I'm sorry. Yes. And like, maybe, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, well, maybe someday I'll ascend. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe. a thing. Maybe <laughs> ascension is thing. But, but, but even then, right? Yeah. And, right. and well, it's like, yeah. I, just that, that feeling of like, what do you mean I can never go back? That was, yeah. that was well, the greatest moment of my life. And then Science of Sorcery does, even, even with that having been said, does undercut it with like, hey, I guess you could kind of jump into someone's awakening oh, and get back for a little while so much i i want and then so badly big bold <laughs> letters everyone dislikes this yep. <laughs> do not do this it's left-handed as fuck but it sounds like and, so much fun oh yeah absolutely yep absolutely like and we had we had the threat of that happening in in our game as oh, a, yeah. kind of a as a sub point you know we have yes, a Jimmy. personal friend that's like you know going to be awakening we think we hope we plan uh and finding out that there is another mages uh like monitoring spell and nimbus scrubbed all over him and like oh shit yeah yeah actually uh when when science of surgery came out we did um in my game we did a thing where uh we found someone who was mid awakening and because um, <laughs> she shared a, uh, a path with my character, I, and I had telepathy and I had, you know, mage sight and whatever. And I just kind of went along for the ride and it, it, her waking world dream turned my character into part of the, the scene. And it was very like, Oh my God, I don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, there was an interesting aspect of that with uh, one of the minions, I guess, for like Stephen ended up waking mm-hmm. as an acanthus. 
it would have been really tempting for weird to like oh he's going to that place again and and that would have been a temptation she would have walked away from with her wisdom and stuff but that would have been a big temptation for her we we to, need to talk you know, about maybe piggyback a little bit right like especially because it came up recently craig says tempted by the character doesn't actually mean that the character wanted to do the thing it just means right. that the temptation was there uh <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. poor Craig got a lot of crap last time. Well, I was tempted to ruin your <laughs> life. It's like that's he doesn't mean it like that. He just means that was an option. No. And he said, no, my issue was how chill the other people were with being told that I was really tempted to ruin your life. It's like, <laughs> no, because the thing is, he well, told another mage that. Yes, that's the key thing. Yes, that was the lesson. That was the whole lesson of like another of like telling him another mage like, hey, I'm trying to teach you a lesson here. I was tempted as fuck to just throw you under the goddamn bus. And then, but I didn't. And that's wisdom. <laughs> and that's the struggle that every mage faces on a daily basis. But, that was yeah. what Weird was trying to get at. I, I, that's one of the things I love about time as an Arcanum, is that you can kind of go, <laughs> you can kind of go, you know, I could go back in time. Pick up the etch sketch and give it a shake and start over. <laughs> <laughs> I could go back in time and, and fuck with your childhood. But I'm not gonna. And then the other person's like, well, how do I know you didn't? And you're like, <laughs> I don't know, man. That is a question. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually one thing. I I, I actually prepped. There, there, there was a scene, uh, and I there's a little part of me that kind of wishes, because at this point, I'm just, we're, we're not going back there. But if Craig had taken a third dot of time, you guys could have gone back and saved Gabe. And that was like, that was one of those things. And I was like, okay, I think we're past that timeline. It's not happening. But yeah, yeah. that and that. Yeah, I, I just don't know if that was that is if that's a thing that a Travis would do. Ash. And, and I don't the know option, if that's yeah. a thing that, okay. that weird would do. Either. Like. Because I mean, it, it's a massive change to the timeline, you know what? Yeah, because. Gabe doesn't die. Does Atratus awaken? Does Atratus awaken at the same time? She Does she come back and now she has a different awakening? Well, actually, I guess awakenings don't get affected by time travel. Right. See, these are the things that we need in a book, Megan. <laughs> 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 Why don't you write out every edge case for our stupid game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, that's it's a storyteller's only. job. Yep, it is. Yeah, which, exactly. yeah, just especially because people might be joining us late. If you have a question, don't ask us, ask the storyteller. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if you have a question, please ask us in Twitch chat. We are starting to run low. So, uh. <laughs> please fill us back up with uh, questions. Otherwise, we will get on more and more tangents. Which I mean, um, so there, uh, there's a question, and I, did, I didn't know how much we're going to talk about this because it is on X path convention that we're all doing and everything like that but uh Elodin asked what non-onyx path game or system would slash do you enjoy playing or storytelling in i think we can amend that to are there games out there that you've played or run or read through that you think either would benefit from some mage setting or mechanics or whatever or that you think add some good things to think about for mage uh, okay, sorry, can you rephrase the question? Uh, um, I'm not sure there, what you're asking. <laughs> I, 
I think I was just kind of talking to the group of, of you know, of other of others, um, you know, tabletop games that are out there that you've read or enjoyed or whatever. Um, let's say what is there any mechanics or setting type inspiration that you might draw to use in a, in a personal mage game? Oh, hmm. Because um. uh, I, I will go ahead and uh, and jump in here at least to, to get the conversation started and give Megan time to stall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I... Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, uh, like, I literally had a whole video series about different game systems and because this is my jam. And man, there is so many cool base building group building cult building rules that i would love to steal from so many different systems obviously i would love to take the pack system right out of werewolf uh or the crew system <laughs> but like um uh this is going to be an odd one so stick with me here i would love to steal the spaceship building system from starfinder and plug that in anywhere for any kind of base building. Um like, because it like is say Dark mm-hmm. Eras 2. Like say Dark Eras 2. Yeah. Uh but not even as a spaceship. Like, I mean, that would be terrific. Yes. Give me Dark Eras 3, you know, 30 Mages in Space. 30, 33, spa- you know, Mages in Space. I'm down. Uh but like <laughs> we, we, because of the way it works in ter- Say again? No, go ahead. Okay, uh, because it allows like it's group oriented and it literally throws out the idea of you're not buying these parts. Well, you might be, but it doesn't come from your actual money. You've made exchanges. You're cobbling it together. However you want to do it, you're making this spaceship and then you can upgrade it and add stuff onto it. And it throws out any kind of money thing. And it's just you're trading favors or you do have a money or there's a load and you just leave that up to the steward to tell her to determine how you got this base in the case of starfinder it's a you know mobile base but it's a it's a base um and using that as like a tool that it just levels up with you and like with with mage throw that in okay here's all our different things for that we've accumulated for sanctum and we're moving beyond just like five dots of sanctum and safe place but we're going to be like well yeah we built it around this domain of a seer soul stone that we totally stole and then you know we got you know some wards put up from this and the other and all these different things and we're checking off different boxes and moving stuff and then hey we've accumulated enough gnosis and, or whatever and we're at a new tier and now we can do this extra stuff and yes but again that's because i'm a mage building or base building addict Facebook. so yeah um, and we're kind of doing that with the the homebrew rules we're using, right, right? Mm-hmm. yep yeah, we have some humber rules to expand the sanctum merit. Oh, we have nice. some flavorful uh, thing like that. And that came out of the, the Mage Discord community as well. Um, we really enjoyed some of that stuff. Uh, cool. One particular thing being um, you can have like a uh, ephemeral protector of a spirit or a goetia or a ghost that is kind of your uh, central figure of your sanctum and, and looks out for it, but also can function as a bit of a butler and a little bit of a, you know, uh, researcher and all, all sorts of cool things. Spirit. So is, is, does it have um, retainer dots? I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. I will say I, these guys all know, and anyone that's ever talked to me about tabletop at any point, I am a powered by the apocalypse junkie. I think mm. I've, 
tried to play every single Powered by the Apocalypse game possible. I definitely have not gotten all of them. There are some that I don't particularly want to play based on theme or whatever. But uh, I, I really like those mechanics. I like the focused storytelling aspect of them. And one thing that I use as a DM now forever and for future is the uh, the clocks system that mm, came out yeah. of that. Of, uh, you know, there are these things happening in the background. The players may or may not know of them. It is better if they are foreshadowed. And like Dungeon World also has fronts um which are more uh, player facing a little bit of hey this story is building towards something big happening of an antagonist doing something or you know war breaking out or uh something like that and you know the consequences of a failed action doesn't mean that necessarily you your character is punished in the moment it could be that clock advances a couple ticks yeah um and being able to do that every now and then and just being like yeah nothing happens right now you're fine and you just send the players into a cast, tizzy you just didn't cast that spell like. that you really needed to in the moment right um so yeah i i think that um i i i had some clocks in the background of richmond uh going on and then we just kind of wiggled past them so you know that <laughs> story of my life um so yeah that's that's my personal answer to this question cool um, um i've I don't know. If it, so I've never actually gotten to play Bluebeard Bride, but I've read it. Uh, and one of the, it. I mean, I just, the idea of everybody playing a piece of one person's psyche is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be a really interesting way to do a group Oniros diving scene. Oh, um, yeah. That, that would be that awesome. Everybody plays one of, you know, somebody oh, plays shit. your demon, somebody <laughs> plays your vice, somebody plays your virtue. We're we actually had that planned at one point, yep. and then we completely like failed on that. All four of us, you said that, and all four of us just went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we discussed that at one point, like having mm-hmm. other people play roles yeah, inside and, your soul. Yeah, that, that's another, yeah, just another cool little thing. You may try at your tables, speaking to people, uh, is um, if you have long solo scenes, you can have uh, other players fill in NPCs or or whatever yeah. and that way the, that way it's not you know the player and the seven dm npcs all talking to each other yeah yep um, god <laughs> bluebird's bride right i mean we talked about this i think before the stream went live but uh, it's right up there with changeling of books uh, that i have devoured and enjoy but i just don't know if i could be comfortable playing them yeah based on my experiences and stuff like that. Know the people you're playing with. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of my Power by the Apocalypse gaming happens at conventions. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough safety tools in the world for me to be at this table. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, book was beautiful, though. The book is beautiful with the gold inlay and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to this game. Back to Mage. That's also great. Yes. Um... So this is kind of interesting to kind of pick out and think about. Um, Pixit Flies says, um, having run a game whose only rule is anything you try to do will fail in some way. I have thoughts about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm curious if you think Mage could be playable without dice. Oh, As without in, dice. Yes, there are rules, but no, they don't involve dice. Interesting. Um probably 
because sounds like a solid answer. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head of like how I do it, but the, um, right. the fact that the spell casting system is so, uh, flexible and mm-hmm, the f- mm-hmm. creative thaumaturgy, um, as a thing, yeah. it seems to me like you could definitely do something without dice, um, with, you know, creative thaumaturgy as the base. Yeah, because uh, that, that that's what I jump to is like, yeah, you can do anything that fits into the, the relevant practices. And every time you cast a spell, Paradox does something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you that'd could, be a good In tweet. fact, you could have a Paradox clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that just builds up, builds up, builds up, and then yep. snap. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> then something bad happens. <laughs> yep. Or at the very least, something interesting. Something interesting. Um, <laughs> or like if yeah. your spell doesn't work, you just be like, describe how you did it. And then if mm-hmm. your storyteller is like, that doesn't fit, mm-hmm. it, the spell yep. doesn't work. If you try and push the the creativeness too far or you try and push the spell too big or whatever. And that, that probably would be a player-facing system oh, yeah. in, in these yeah. rules of like, oh, I'm going to intentionally, like it becomes like a dramatic failure kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to fail this intentionally. And I, wait, Drew just rolled his eyes at something oh, maybe? no, or no. That was, you have a thought about a dramatic failure? dramatic failure as oh, a player yes, option. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So good. That's, I think that's my favorite core Chronicles mechanic. Mm-hmm. at all yep. like, <laughs> so good as good as it feels to roll three or five successes for an exceptional success a lot of times that i find myself sometimes in mage going i kind of want to fail this roll oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i've definitely yeah. done that can i dramatically yeah. fail this is that cool the st's like oh yeah it's mm-hmm. fine yep <laughs> go for it <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's something we talk about uh for for OA in the future is like you call for a roll and I just go, nah, I want to fail it. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes yeah. more interesting that way or something like that. Well, and that's, um, I mean, mechanically, that's definitely like season two. We, we joked about it before, but yeah, sure. next time we come around to starting things again, um, because I'm really bad about giving you guys negative modifiers on dice rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, uh, roll wits plus composure to spot things. Is there any negatives? No, I'm just, ballparking how many successes I want you to get, which is not how the system works. Sorry, anybody <laughs> of you who have been watching and trying to play based on how I play. Whoops, sorry. Um, Whoops. Please consult your ST. Um, Further apologies for anyone that watched the Richmond setting. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were fast. If there's someone that doesn't like, that doesn't want to play by every rule in the book, it's me. Yeah. Uh, I want to play for the story. But uh, yeah, the, the ability for, for dramatic failures, because I'm, we, we've talked about it. Chris and I, we, we like to win. And I mm-hmm. hate the idea of, oh, well, you rolled the natural one. Your sword goes flying over there. I'm like, dude, I'm an experienced fifth level fighter. <laughs> I am not dropping my sword just because I missed the guy. But you're going to give me XP for it? Hmm. Tell me more. Like, you give me something in response to that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like um, I, I like to have oh. like sometimes with dramatic failures if the if it's my player or something like that, I will tell the player, "All right, how'd you fuck that up? <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> dig a yeah. hole for yourself, so, and they will." The, um, this kind of harkens back to the last question we're talking about mechanics from other games. My other big quasi power by the apocalypse 
Blades of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. The power of the dark bargain. When you're going to roll a, a roll in Blades in the Dark, the storyteller can go, hey man, do you want another dice? <laughs> you can either take some stress or you can take this dark bargain. And it's also player facing because anyone at the table can go, hey, this thing you're trying to do, I think a dark, a suggestible dark bargain could be this. And so like, and then you're like, for a moment, you're like, how could you give me that dice? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So I think um, finding, finding some ways to push that. Um, I'm going to say that like incentive to uh, to fail yeah. a little higher. What is, I think is something that can be fun. It's the XP game or the mm-hmm. reward game, but it's also that whole okay, you be the the ST for a minute. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that uh, you know people talk about director stance mm-hmm. and uh, actor stance and stuff like that, where you're you know you're for a moment you're not standing on stage going I do this. You're saying you know Songbird looks a little dejected after you know having that spell crumble having that spell imago crumble around him and you know so and so on um <laughs> oh boy someone asked the question yeah, that we already have in the list it's moku that's moku oh. yeah <laughs> don't, don't worry buddy we got it we'll, we'll we, bring we, it up here to we're sure. getting there um but yeah i i i failing is good Mm-hmm. I'm bad at it. I Brag. like to win. I'm just bad at failing. I'm bad at, I love I'm bad at failing. I'm very humble. Players. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my 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 werewolf game has made me appreciate dramatic failures a little bit more. Um, there's just a little bit more um, manageable dice pools when like every action that you're doing is not. Hey, I'm gonna cast a spell with you know plus five dice for Yantras and stuff, you know, whoops. Um, and throwing willpower at it because you've got life magic and you can just auto regenerate your willpower every hour. So, um, mages are OP guys, just in case mages you are OP. They are, and that's okay. <laughs> mages are OP, but you know, there are ways to challenge them. It, yeah. Like Maybe. other OP mages. mages. Yep. Other mages, a fleet of Rahu. Sure. I mean, is that, a, is that, a, is that an aspiration? <laughs> yeah, aspirations. I mean, that that's another another could be for this you know potential diceless um, mm-hmm. mage thing they're mm-hmm. kind of flirting with still. Um, yeah, uh, aspirations being a player driven thing to tell the, the storyteller, and that's another we talked about like core chronicles of darkness two things that aspirations being. Yeah, this is what I want to happen, and the fact that they don't necessarily have to be in character yeah. i think is is that that core little tweak that i was like oh okay yeah this is good yeah mm-hmm. my only issue with that is trying to figure out when to set that as an aspiration mm-hmm. like i have things i want to happen but when you set it as an aspiration you're like i want it to happen today i mean the sarcastic answer is before wednesdays <laughs> yes because <laughs> that's when drew does prep because that's when drew does his prep and uh, and we were in the beginning we were very good about aspirations though right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and and trying to blend long-term aspirations obsessions which these guys are now getting into two already uh yep. craig is a weird close three. to three 
because you need Close to six. Uh, Is it six? Yeah, because oh, okay. uh, that was the one that we fucked up uh, when we get yeah. back. But yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, trying to trying to nail down aspirations. Which, by the way, group beats ten out of ten. Highly yep. suggest if, if you guys beats, are yeah. running into that same thing where I wrote down these three aspirations. We played for three hours and I didn't touch any of them. Take a look at group beats. Figure out how you want yeah, to. Yeah, we had a lot of issues it. with that in the beginning. Like we'd all come up with our aspirations, and then Drew would have a plan that hit on none of them. <laughs> so, or Beats is a good or, way to get around that. I mean, the counterpoint to that is also Drew would come in to prep, and then we go, "I'm going this way. I'm going this way. I'm going this way." And I said, and "Okay, fine. I'm like, going." I've got and total of five on, minutes of prep for each better, of you. Right? Let's fucking go. I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, um, somebody on the Twitch chat had a question that I really liked a couple minutes ago mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. about what tangent happened in your game that ended up leading to a whole new plotline and resulted in expanding that game's setting or themes or canon. Um, I have a story that I really love to answer that question. Fire um, away. Awesome. We're here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, my character is a, a ladder mage and has a, um, a master ghost mentor. And it turned out that the Mastigos mentor was actually a sleeper agent for the Sears, which oh, no. I only, which I only discovered through using fate conditional duration triggers. The trigger for one of my spells was when the Sears of the Throne find out that we kidnapped one of their people, and then my mentor walked in the room and the spell. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, so, so that happened and the FT was like wow you weren't supposed to learn that for another like 10 sessions whoops but then but, whoops. It's gotta be fair. In, an attempt, sure. in an attempt to fix this um, I tricked him into going into his own Oniros and then I broke into his Oniros and the, the plan was to go and kill his corrupted daemon which was corrupted by the, the policy door and so that was the plan, but I went in there with um, and, and tried to fight the daemon with a couple of his other uh, Goetia, and it didn't really work. Um, we, finally, we, we couldn't kill it, and it was about to like murder me. So the ment- my mentor um, banished it instead, like banished it out into the astral somewhere. And then he mm-hmm. was like, all right, well, now we're in trouble because it knows how to find me. It'll just come back. And he goes, oh, I have an idea. And he reaches out with space and mind as far as he can with a whole bunch of reach because he's inside his own Oniros, so it doesn't matter. And just shoves his entire Oniros into mine so that mine is like a protective shell so that his daemon couldn't find it. And I was like, what the fuck did you just do? So we spent a good like five or six sessions of that chronicle just sharing one Oniros, and it was really awkward. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And it yes. was not not planned at all. That's yeah. That's, that's I, I, that would be. I awesome will say in, in response to that story, and also to pretty much ninety percent of the things posted in the gaming highlights channel of the Mage Discord. Um, I feel like sometimes we're playing a different game than other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, well I, I'm, I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to mention real quick because some people might not be watching chat. Get in chat, be active, say stuff, ask some questions because we're going to be giving away a copy of Dark Eras 2 uh, PDF, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, is A, freaking amazing, and B, mm-hmm. huge. 
Yeah. Like, I can't remember how many pages. Actually, um, Megan, do you remember how many pages or word count uh, that monstrosity is? It was, it was like 200k words, I think. Sounds it's yep. There's huge. what, like 14 fucking settings in I there or some shit? I think there are, I, I want to say, hold on. So I, it's a 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13. I think there are 13 eras, and some of them are hey, that longer was pretty than good others. Guess, then. <laughs> some of them are longer because they have three game lines instead of two, and so the word count for those mm-hmm. chapters was bigger. It's a big-ass yes. book. And also one of them is geists and mages As being pirates. pirates. True. <laughs> and one of them is mages and changelings being cowpokes. True. That's so good. I really the, enjoyed what's that. 461 the, there's, pages. There's, the there's what, three with mages? There's those two, and then, yeah, the, and then um, there's, um, the Vatican. Yeah, and then there's the Sun. Uh, the, the Renaissance yeah, era. Italian, Italian Renaissance, Vatican, demon, and mage, and vampires. And Deviant, right? yeah. Deviant. Deviant. Oh, and Deviant, Deviant and mage and yep. vampires. But yeah, 461 pages, which if you're trying to compare, well, how much is that? Your mage book is 357. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a big old book. So yes, be active in There's chat. There's so much inspiration in there and so many cool things. So but yes. get in chat. Uh, I'm not... Um, Travis, if you could uh, maybe plug how we're going to... If we're just rolling on people that have chatted actively or... I believe so. You want to just type on type in how, how exactly we're giving that away Yeah. Um, so we can know. Um, but yeah, that's a dope, 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 dope book. Uh, um, sorry, back to where we were saying... Oniros tangents tangents yeah. bad plans and tangents i think yes. is uh, um i can i can i can answer mm-hmm. for drew because he rants about it at least you know about a once a month or so um drew as a storyteller sent a uh, signed and sealed envelope <laughs> to a group of mages he rants about that regularly from from a, a seer uh it, at the time was not a seer it had magic Fair. on it. Had magic on it, and uh, then got perplexed and intrigued why all four of these mages went into lockdown, fucking paranoid mode of investigating <laughs> this thing. Of how did this person know who we are? How did they know that we're the rookery? How did we blah blah blah? And that was that that devolved into what like. 15 episodes of yeah. probably 30 stories. Oh yeah, and, weird called and, them and got like and, her real name on the phone. Yeah, and led to some uh, interesting, uh, you know, plot developments and stuff as well. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, because you guys were, I think you were about to start the investigation into the grimoires because at mm-hmm. that point, Pip had given you the quest, grabbed your shoulders and yep. Songbird, I have a yeah. quest for you. Yep. Go get this book. But first we've got to investigate this letter. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll take, like, what, one or two episodes? One or two like episodes. Minus, 15 episodes later, and minus one party member. Minus one party oh, member. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, though that was unrelated. Uh, nobody died. It tied in really well, It though. tied in. It, 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 it ended well. up being well-timed. Uh, but yes, um, it was definitely one of those, whoops, okay, fine. Uh, we're going to do this. And also linked into uh, meeting the vampires for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another thing I threw it in. And, and yeah, I I had this one little NPC who's going to be like, ah, he's unaffiliated with the Concilium or the Seers, and he's got some in- interesting information. And nope, never mind. This is totally a creepy seer, and they're tied in with vampires. <laughs> and oh, yeah, it was absolutely terrific. And went, oh, yeah, they had the information on uh, Gabe. 
Mm-hmm. Had information mm-hmm. on Gabe, had knew Moira's real name, didn't really have anything for Songbird. And then Mammon was uh, was told, yeah, so uh, I know about, uh, you know, who's who's messing with you and, and what's going on with your uh, with your uh, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> what do you uh, yep. she's not she's not related to anything. That <laughs> 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 uh, was a yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm not bringing it up in chat because that's probably one of the bigger spoilers. Uh, go watch episodes one through thirty-five, folks. You'll catch it. Uh, you won't. Yep. You won't miss it. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, good. Chat is being active. Um, yeah. Which um, oh, there was something something about the Oniros part though that I was trying to remember what that was. We were... Not tall. You won. Not tall one. Yeah, tall. One of our regulars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no involvement with that. I realized as soon as they said, <laughs> "Oh, it's one of our regulars," that sounded like no, we were not involved. I we didn't for- do the giveaway. I, I also forgot that we were doing a giveaway. So, um, I, <laughs> whoops. Um, so yeah, um, and uh, yeah, uh, what was it? Oh, um, oh, never mind. We have another hour or so, so we we've got plenty to talk about. Do we uh, have more questions? Uh, we've got some in, in, in there. the thing, uh, one of which uh, Chris, I, I swear, is refusing to ask, but it's fine. It'll, it'll probably be one of her more like rapid fire kind of things because it's got a basically mm-hmm. yes or no question. Um, I mean, let's just do it. Yep. Shout out to Dustin. Shout out to Moku. Uh, they're the same person, but that's fine. Um, Megan, as head developer, rules aficionado, writer, person in charge of mage um can you cast a time can you cast a spell on time itself and more broadly can the sort of intangible concept slash purview of an arcana be the subject of a spell <laughs> in your opinion oh my goodness um uh if you're an archmaster sure <laughs> <laughs> told you <laughs> fair uh yeah because uh in context that's where we get into like well you know i'm targeting the you know uh the iron in somebody's bloodstream with matter and it's going well yeah it's inside of blood though right it's inside of blood it's part of a living person like now can you manipulate it through life and matter yeah potentially but you're not going to pick that iron out and go and now i'm turning it into gas yeah, it's you're not like going to excision, right? Yes, so. you cannot do pull it. it out. You cannot pull a magneto. You you have other things to do damage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, there was somebody was talking about targeting somebody's specific timeline, and like I can't remember what they were doing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Moku pops in and, and reminds me of our, our frequent arguments. Uh, yeah, I remember the targeting a timeline, but I don't remember why. But yes. Um, so, uh, I actually to, to kind of expand that into a like full, full question, because Megan, like you pointed out, there's archmages, um, like, where do you see the like limiter for what a subject of a spell should be for a normal mage? Uh, can you be more specific? Sure. Uh, no, <laughs> what, what, sure 100... that question. right. Because for me and, and we are you know, I'm trying to keep this from getting too much into a like, well, this mechanic, mm, you know, kind of situation. <laughs> but 
Well, spells, actually. Yes, but, you know, spells are targeted at something that you can perceive and is a specific subject. Right. Uh, um, so things like, and I'm going to keep harping on it, iron in the bloodstream, you can't target that because A, you can't perceive it, and B, it's not a single subject. It is millions of them. Right. You know, um, so, but at the same time, you could use prime to target, say, resonance. Well, so um, the, other th- but the other thing but, about that, though, is that, like, iron in the bloodstream, it's not, it's not, like, pieces of, liter- like, iron, like, you know. Yeah. It's not pieces of iron, it's a mineral, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. like, that's not, that's not the, it's not the point of matter. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, so the arcana are reflections of the supernal, and the supernal right. is matter it's is not about, science. Right. It's matter is about specific things. So you know, mm-hmm. it's and like independent, what is unchangeable and, things. Yeah, it's not actually science. <laughs> is I guess right. my point. Right. So this might clarify some things i think this came from kind of discussion we had about like some of the wonky creative thaumaturgy you can get to when you get to like multi-adept level of like patterning like uh turning water into electricity with matter four and forces four so uh, i think the original stem of this question was uh trying to picture what would patterning time into something else do and or look like and and, 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 and to yeah, help make it out, guys, this is something you really should ask your ST. But since we have Megan <laughs> yep. here, kind of curious how you would do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and if you want to uh, go, dude, I'm tapping out. That is okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, the answer is you wouldn't be patterning time as a concept. You would be patterning right. something, right? So you would be patterning like the last hour or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that, because when you, when you transform, say water into electricity, you're not transforming the concept of matter. You're transforming Mm -hmm. this one example Mm -hmm. of it, this one instance of it into something else. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, so go ahead. So maybe, maybe an example could be, um, and I think this would overlap some with purview of mind being skills and stuff like that, but turning someone's, um, all the hours that they practiced hockey into a cookie (laughs) with time and life. So like they lose those skill dots uh, related around athletics or whatever from, from, from doing sports in their past, forget those skills. And then, you know, here's a cookie. And then, you know, further storyteller development might be like, if someone else eats that cookie, maybe for a while, they get those skills. I don't know. You could uh, combine rewrite history and yep, mm-hmm. spell potion and something else. Thing else, you could <laughs> combine it with yep. the, that prime spell that makes like the perfect cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at that prime spell. Right now, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, this kind of dips into um, a question that came from Camo. Who uh, shout out to Camo for waking up at ass o'clock he, early he has week to watch messaged me and gone back to bed so camo Fair. when you see this when you wake up <laughs> like camo is in what poland no no he's in aussie no? land oh 
Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, Camo asked, um, what is uh, uh, your favorite creative thaumaturgy spell? So let's just go with, like, what's something really cool you've done uh, with creative thaumaturgy? Uh, Getting outside the box a little bit. Hmm, let me think about that. For, for me, for Songbird, I think when... Um, when Atratus discovered the Reaper by accident, and uh, I used Prime to um, shut down the truth of the Reaper's mask to basically completely dissociate um, that that anyone looking at it would be like, "I, what is that?" I mean, you can look at it and be like, "I mean, I guess it could cover up your face," but no one would think to go, "Oh yeah, that's a mask. Let me wear it." Cool. Yeah, shielded, shielded the symbol. Removed the mm-hmm. maskness of it. Mm-hmm. Neat. It was very neat and very, very good because it would have been a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Gay was going to try the mask on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There was one... Um, there was one I was thinking... It was something about nostalgia. It was something about um, messing with messing with temporal sympathy to cause nostalgia, so that someone like to affect someone's opinion of something because they were nostalgic. I can't remember exactly how it worked, but that was cool. It was because uh, because my character was having like daddy issues and wanted to make his father all been there. nostalgic. Um, well, his dad's a vampire is the thing. So. Oh, good lord. <laughs> oh, <God>. There's <laughs> some drama. Just turn yeah. it into it's, it's bad. But uh, he wanted to make him nostalgic for his human life. Um, and so I did something with time in mind, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but that was cool. That's cool. Your character was having some Vladdy issues. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Nothing to throw at you. States You're away. Welcome. I'm too far away. Um, Ash, you need to do me a favor. <laughs> um, um, that's good. Anybody else have some fun? I mean, you guys have all seen cool the creative thumb yeah. that I've seen. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I there is one creative thumb. Sorry, there's something in my eye that I really wanted to do because I really wanted to see how it was in the end not going to work. But uh, well, just to catch Megan up and of course anybody who hadn't seen it. So when we were in Richmond and a supernal being decided to flip a Invert chunk of our world across the gauntlet and swap it with this place in the shadow. Oh, Thanks shit. for that boon, by the way. Thank you. Because <laughs> uh, that was that was problematic. And meanwhile, my mm-hmm. Mastigos with four dots in space because duh and two dots in in spirit goes well technically i can teleport two subjects and just swap them (laughs) so i wonder (laughs) this supernal being shows up and uses its boon to swap this whole thing i'm sure i can do that with a simple teleport spell and just two dots of spirit never got to find out what happened uh (laughs) because we uh well, the werewolves grabbed hold of the fox, but hubris would have happened. Oh yes, I have no doubt. But <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest—we made those characters to be crazy hubris. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 
I, I, I really wonder what would have happened because it would not have gone off correctly um, because it shouldn't have. It's not a creative thaumaturgy, but I really wish I had tried to pull out the werewolf soul. It wouldn't have worked, right? Nope. Yeah. No, need that spirit. They don't got one. At least. If you have spirit, can you do it? Uh, 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 yes. Five dots of uh, five dots of death and two dots of spirit. Do werewolves have a soul? It counts as an awakened soul. Uh, for me, yes. It does actually canonically as well. Oh, cool. I know game. I'm good. Um, (laughs) So I kind of have been brewing this question in my head a little bit, um, and mainly it's just I want to talk about it because it is June and it is Pride and uh songbird and i are both gender fluid and uh if i i just want to talk a little bit about um mage being a line that has personally helped me um and i've talked to some other people about themes of queerness of of uh, either of being different or of um um using that awakening as either a metaphor or as a uh, in right, downright like in character solution to uh, to problems with gender identity or uh, stuff like that. Um, so life life magic is something that I was drawn to on my first read through of uh, of the game, and uh, I think uh, and I you know, like I said I talked to some people in the mage server and stuff like that um, of you know, it, it it can mage has provided a good bit of therapy is not the right word, but uh, it's something close to that. Um, the these unrelatable mystery obsessed mages dealing with still deeply real, deeply personal, uh, relatable struggles can be a very very good story beat that. I think the Chronicles system deals with really well. Um, and I think shout out to Onyx Path for writing a very, and being a very uh, inclusive company and stuff like that. So happy pride, trans rights, Black Lives Matter. Dude, it's it's, it's right there. It, it, it's built into the shadow name. Like yep. every mage is like, yeah, uh, I'm not necessary. Yeah, hell yes. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Um, and along that line, there is the um, the spell in Signs of Sorcery that calls out like the I'm gonna say the grossness of the sympathetic name. Sympathetic name. Um, had an issue with that the and whole time. That, and that, yeah, and like you read it and you go, "Shit, that I don't like that." And then you think about it and it, it's part of the lie and it's baked into the system and the setting and you go, oh, this is, this is really well written. This is, this is another one of those little tweaky bits of horror that the setting has. And I think it's, uh, I think it's incredibly well written and uh, kind of along those similar lines is the bit that uh, during the vow section of, uh, of science and sorcery, where it talks about the, uh, cultural appropriation uh of of life magic of putting yourself in uh someone else's shoes i think is the way i will phrase that yeah and mages doing that as a bit of 
mana generation. Yeah. So, uh, and and it being explicitly called out as this is there's a lot of free council mages and and modern mages that go, dude, could you fucking not? (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of put that out into the aether and 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 thank you and the rest of everybody for 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 being so cool about all that. I'm glad they didn't put in the spell. It was it's fun to basically like actually get rid of your sympathetic meme, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you remove it and then can uh, develop one immediately, or mm-hmm. yeah, I can't remember. But I actually, I actually wrote mm-hmm. that spell, so I'm yep. glad you liked it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, for chat, I am looking it up so you can reference it here momentarily. It's <laughs> called unnaming. Thank you. Yep. Space five. Um, are we ever going to, or not? Are we ever to? So not how I've been phrasing these questions, but <laughs> um, could you see more detailed things about arch mastery uh, in Mage Second Edition? being something that you focus on in the future um i would like to uh i've talked to dave about this some actually and the the conundrum is that um they they wouldn't really fit as like an entire second edition book about nothing but arch masters but i also like it also would require more in-depth a more in-depth look than say one chapter could do right like one chapter of another book and um where to fit them in is kind of a a dilemma that we haven't solved Um, i could see that yeah it's it's you know with it being beyond the scope of most games it kind of becomes a a rather targeted system to develop right and so i don't know um there is a bunch of stuff Oh, go ahead. My first pass thought would be a, a, a longer chapter of a nameless and accursed book, um, mm-hmm. but you know that's yeah that's, won't necessarily like I said it's a, it's an incredibly targeted thing to develop yeah and that, that's kind of the issue in a game like... about sort of wankery and creative thaumaturgy and my wizard does this like archmasters are the next goddamn level of that yeah. It's it's made tr- cranked up to eleven, and um, mm-hmm. it is really something that I don't know how many groups would actually use. And right, uh, right. yeah, so it's it's a little bit of a a, a conundrum, and I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. For for people who haven't read Signs of Sorcery, there is some stuff in Signs of Sorcery around Arch Mastery, but it's not you know you can play an Arch Master, and I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how to address it. So you know. It, it'll depend on, like I said, like whether we get um, what books come next and what, what books get approved and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I have been giving it some thought. Cool. That's good to hear. Uh, which actually, uh, just a quick question I'm going to fit in here, and I don't know how much you can mm-hmm. speak about it. But obviously, we're not going to talk about what is actually in the next books. Uh, but could you give us a little idea of like how the next books are like set up in terms of, because I know one of the big things is, got to go to White Wolf for approval. 
Um, so how does that work out? Is there like a brief first that you send a white wolf and go, hey, this is what we want to write? And then they go, yeah, that's cool. Or, you know, because I imagine you don't write an entire book and then send it to White Wolf. Because I know there's White Wolf approval as part of the, the Monday meeting notes. Right. Uh, but that's yeah. usually after the book is done. But what about that start part? Right. Um, so there's multiple points of approval. At uh, the beginning, yeah, it's that you we write up a pitch. Um, and the pitch might come from... Uh, it might come from Rich or one of the in-house developers, or um, it might come from one of us. You know, I, I can pitch Changeling books. I can pitch Mage books. Um, normally, like other people can bring up pitches, but they would bring them up to like one of their developers and then one of their developers would write the pitch or something like that. Um, so, yeah. And then so uh, Onyx Path as a company sends the pitches over to White Wolf and White Wolf will go through and approve whichever one's they want done and then they'll send over and say yep okay we approved this one um and then from that point on we handle everything from the outline to the drafts and everything like that and then as you noted on the monday meeting um that step that's white wolf approval is after we're done with it gotcha mm-hmm. and and your the the pitch uh is what like an outline of like these are the chapters we're going to hit or is it even like more of a long paragraph kind of like this is what we want to cover um, it depends. Um, if it's a longer book, especially if it's a core book, but if it's a bigger book, mm-hmm. uh, more detail is usually good. Um, if it's a smaller book, one long paragraph might be enough. And it, there is no real, like, there aren't really rules about it. And it's just right. sort of how mm-hmm. to get across what I know I want to be in this book and enough that they can get the gist. Cool. Yeah, because I, I know personally, um, I, I've even made a comment on Monday meeting notes. It's like, I know Tome of the Pentacle is supposed to be coming, but it's it's not on the list. Where is it, please? <laughs> and Rich actually said, yeah, uh, that's not how this works. We'll let you know once we get basically White Wolf's approval. That way we can right. start on it. I'm like, oh, OK, I can right. sit back for like, don't worry, the book is still coming. All right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I am working on Tome of the Pentacle. It is a thing. <laughs> Absolutely no rush. Uh, well, I mean, the, right. so, the sooner the better, <laughs> but... I disagree with that. Yeah, I guess, um, Twitch, if you've got, Twitch chat, if you've got any more questions you want to get in, we are pretty much towards the end of this, as far as I've collected and, and seen. Um, we are running towards the end of our normal time. So um, I guess I, I, I am curious, Megan, if you'd like to speak uh, at all to a, a broad sort of idea of kind of what Tome of the Pentacle theme-wise may be. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Tome of the Pentacle. Understand if you can. Yeah. Um, Tome of the Pentacle is so. In first edition, we had uh, the book. We had the order books, right? Each order got its own book. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is kind of taking that concept and uh, expanding it out to something broader, where it's about the Pentacle at large, the the um, convocations. The, how the caucuses interact with each other, stuff like that. Um, so it'll be more, and it covers a lot of um, history. So it'll go into sort of the, the history of the pentacle and 
um, various events and how they affected, you know, the, the various orders and stuff like that. Um, uh, and there, there will be a setting in it as well that kind of uh, showcases all of that stuff. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Noctal asked, um, and I guess we can kind of expand to homebrewed watchtowers, homebrewed mm-hmm. supernal realms, and talk about that a little bit. Um, what would a supernal realm look like if it was not balanced, if it had two gross or two subtle arcana? Rather than the typical one gross and one subtle. Um, <laughs> you tell me. Yeah, um, is a good answer yeah. to that question. Yeah, um, that's something that I have enjoyed. I actually sat down and got about a halfway written uh, homebrewed path um, that involved like sitting down and looking through all the ones as they're written, breaking it down into sections like going through the entire deck of major arcana and seeing which ones hadn't been used and comparing them and being like, all right, well, this could work and end up kind of coming up with this um, life and fate um, path that is kind of heroes and bards focused. That's awesome. um, With like legendary monsters as it's uh, supernal beings. Cool. It's challenges and and stuff like that. Um, I guess close. So, you know, I mean, I could, if I had a couple hours to sit down and and, sure, um, right. and bang something out, you know, I could I could come up with something. But I will say, um, in Signs of Sorcery, there's a bit about nullities, and um, mm-hmm. it talks about how theoretically you could have one that uh, with annuls prime, I think that annuls, yeah, other arcana where that's not anybody's inferior arcanum. Um, mm-hmm. And then in in uh, Nameless and Accursed, those annulities do exist. Right, um, I think it was in the mm-hmm. Skelesis section. Yeah, right? and so that's kind of a thing where, like, even in character, mages are like, "Well, this is weird. Like, this is a right. thing that theoretically exists. Does that imply something that these other paths, these other watchtowers, might be out there somewhere?" Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 a capital M mystery. Yep. <laughs> Ask um, your ST, homebrew it yourself. You're not getting a straight answer from us. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say as 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 an ST, if you want to ask me, um, I had um, included my watchtower as a possible thing that could be included in a Richmond game, um, and I had the Sentinel of the Concilium. It was a life master, um, Thyrsis, uh, who I had her, her kind of central mystery was that she is a fourth generation hero, uh, awakened and, uh, absolutely obsessed with Alethian studies. And she finds out that there is another watchtower and then goes about forcing awakenings nearby this, like a ruin that is dedicated to it to try and, study and force somebody to be like, look, you're so close. There's all this Atlantean ruins of this sixth watchtower. I'm just going to eat people into the supernal and see what comes back. <laughs> oh um, and we, we never got to that. I'm, I'll talk about some more in the video that we've talked about of me recording um, about Richmond, but uh, yeah, she was a bad, bad lady. 
I knew there was something wrong with no. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea, uh, which is fine. Uh, though, um, actually, uh, talking about uh, homebrews and watchtowers. Um, oh shoot! Um, no, never mind. It'll come back to me. Nope. So I got I got a question for Megan. What kind of homebrews do you guys use in your game? I knew you were going to no. ask me that. And, I- <laughs> <laughs> and why aren't they in a book? <laughs> that would require me remembering. No, um, our game has actually been on hiatus for a little while uh, due to just real life schedules and stuff like that. And so it's it's taking my brain some time to like remember everything we were doing. Um, I mean, remember, guys, anything and Megan does is not homebrew. It's official. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to put her on that kind of a spot. So if you can't remember any from your specific game, is there some homebrews that you like that you've run across elsewhere? Um, so I actually, I usually refrain from reading homebrew. Uh, just it's it's kind of a, sure, yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> don't send authors your scripts. Yeah, yeah the water, I, don't, so. I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. feel, uh, reading other people's homebrew because in case I independently come up with an idea or something like that and it gets into a book, I don't want to, I don't want to be influenced Excellent. by accident, you know, by something that somebody, um, somebody wrote. So I don't, totally I don't fair. tend to read those. Um, I'm trying to think though. Uh, I did write up a few legacies um for our game well i rewrote before we had this any of the second edition legacies i wrote up some of the older ones for second edition but i also Mm -hmm. created one uh where did it go i created one for um for my obrimos cabal mate and i can't remember now what the deal was but um writing legacies is a lot of fun i like doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. two out of three of us have mm-hmm. yes. homebrewed legacies. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could remember so the details, and I just can't. But um, totally fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> um, um, good. I think that might be kind of doing it for us. Yeah, that's uh, kind of slowed down a little bit. And, and uh, uh, I do have one last question on here. I put it at the top, but it's emboldened. Uh, Vinyl asked, uh, how cool are wizards? <laughs> are, are you kidding? Every mage Very is a cool. giant nerd. <laughs> yep. They're not cool. However, they're awesome. They're very, very awesome. Yep. Fair. But they're nerds. Uh, every um, single one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell yeah. Songbird. Uh, hey, wait, Songbird. I have a question for you guys. Oh, God. You, no, no, you, uh, shut it down. <laughs> Uh, if you like you not your character but you in real life were a mage what (laughs) what path and order would you be i want to go last well we already know which one yours is (laughs) it's a a adamantine aerothesis it's obvious perfect but i would pick up prime and forces as well yeah, uh, would be the opposite end of Songbird. Yeah, I, I, I definitely know. But much as I wish and hope I'd be a Mastigos, I'd probably come out in a Brimos. Uh, and yeah, you better believe I'm joining some Silver Ladder. Um, <laughs> like free counsel is tempting, but man, like people need people need some guidance because people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Hubris is a coward's word. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a 
pretty empathetic person in my personal life, so maybe uh, Mastigos. No, the the not say. a dick Mastigos. You're gonna be the not, the a, not dick a dick Mastigos. Yes. <laughs> Rare species. <that> yes. <laughs> hey, Drifter, Drifter almost was, but then I remember we were playing a Let's Go yeah. Wild game, and I said, "Nah, he's got to be a dick." Hubris. Yeah, just Ash? Mysterium Moros. Cool. Ash plays herself. Yep. <laughs> Adventure librarian. <laughs> yep. I have put necromancer librarians and like three different games across systems at this point. So awesome. I actually I don't uh, know about. Yeah. In another life, my day job was being a librarian, so I get it. <laughs> um, I also could see myself being in the Mysterium, but in more of a typical example from our game as like Shanna, like someone sent out to do the fucking Indiana Jones shit. Yep. Like, hey, there's a relic, artifact, mystery, who knows? Go get it. Don't die. Save oh, yeah. it from the sleepers. Explicitly made her as... Um... A hunter like mm-hmm. she's not hunting mm-hmm. artifacts she's going and yeah. killing weird beasties and things that are sure. that should not be well they're cryptids there's nothing wrong with them being it's just they don't fall sure. into normal categorization which is by the way uh, for sts at home you really want to send your mage players on a complete tizzy let them get used to the cryptids. game let them get used to all the categorizations that everything falls into and then throw something at them that doesn't fall into normal categorization. Like, you know, a forces ephemeral entity or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> and watch them just panic when they go, we don't know how to deal with this because it will both be both in character and out of character and just drink in the tears. It's terrific. It's fine. <laughs> Marbleized bad Janet. It's fine. But uh, yeah, well, I, I think we can wrap it up here. Uh, thank you, Megan, for joining us. Oh, I remember the, the question I was going to ask. <laughs> so, Megan, what's it take you to get a, a like a guest spot on Occultus Anonymous sometimes? <laughs> you want to come play with us? Yeah, come you don't have us. to answer. You uh, don't have to answer. But yes, the door maybe. is always open. I will say Just message maybe. me on Discord. <laughs> maybe. That, that it could be cool. That could be fun. Because I mean, I, I will totally we'll we'll set you up as an arc mage, and you can do whatever you want to them. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, it's suddenly a lot what less I'm interesting. Hearing, what I'm hearing is you want me to come and guest st your game. Oh no, no! Like, uh, I mean, sure, if you want to do that too, I'll bring Drifter out. No, we will not bring Drifter out. No, uh, no. But uh, yeah, because it's it's one of those things that like other other games on the onyx path channel they have guest characters they have people come in and they're like yeah somebody you know just come in and play a vampire and i'm like that's cool you can't ask somebody to just come in and play a mage hey, come be a mage <laughs> yes. quick, please come play this mage of, uh, you know here, here's all your arcana yeah yeah so okay well yeah we'll, we'll keep that in mind uh yeah, we'll talk. but we'll uh talk later. Well, thanks to megan for joining us sure thank you for having me ball for being this here absolutely absolutely Thanks to chat for being here and being so active and talking with us. Uh, thanks to Travis for giving out that copy of Dark Eras 2. Um, and um, I guess that is going to... I mean, the, the only other thing is mentioning that tomorrow you can catch Craig and I playing Trinity Continuum Aeon, mm-hmm. which is going to be like a sci-fi noir um, investigation thing at... Five, five, five p.m. Eastern at the same time, right? At yeah. the same exact time, I'll be playing Geist. 
and playing a crazy cool character. We're not going to talk about the characters. You got to come to the show to see. But I, Chris, Chris linked the 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 write up, and I'm like, that is a very Chris, and B also <laughs> fucking dope. Uh, Every character in there was me, though. Like, I know. They're all so incredibly well written. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. It, uh, it, we are using the as yet unpublished Geist Jumpstart, which is what is it? Uh, one foot in the grave. One foot in the grave. So nice. what an ominous title. Well, I mean, your guys <laughs> set in, eh, set in Rochester, New York. Oh, in New York, yeah. even okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, come uh, enjoy the rest of this weekend. Cool weekend con. Uh, there's lots of games going on. Lots of giveaways. There's some more cool panels and giveaways, and um, so stick around for the weekend. And I think um, Megan, are you playing in a game? I, I'm trying to remember the schedule. No, I am not. Uh, I'm the only other thing that I'm doing officially is I'm on the story path panel. That's the one. Yeah. Tomorrow night. Um, other than that, that, I'm, I'm going to show up at stuff, but, uh, that's the only one, the other, only other thing that I have on my schedule. Gotcha. Yeah. And for those of you who are not in the know, story path covers basically the whole Trinity system, Scion, and does it do the things that came from beyond or any of those? Um, Yeah. uh, They came from beneath the sea, et cetera. Uh, and, also, Dystopia Rising. Ah, that's the other one. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you're interested in that system, which is very, very similar to Chronicles of Darkness, so you will not feel completely out of whack, but uh, I, I, I really like it. Um, I've been looking at the Scion books a lot and wishing I could play, surprise, surprise, the Scion of Hades. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have a type. Shut up. Uh, You've got one type. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, yes. Yes. Perry, you can direct the Scion question there. Yes. Uh, not here. Leave Megan alone. Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, uh, to repeat again, thank you guys for joining us. If you have more questions or want to hang out or want to talk mage, we do suggest that you come by our Discord. That's yeetinto.space and put in the URL and that will take you to Discord. Come hang out, chat, uh, watch the show and ask any other questions because we have a little channel for how what how does this work? How does this work? Yep. And what happened in my game and all sorts of cool stuff. Yep. So cool. Uh, Any final thoughts, Megan? Um, no, I don't think so. Just thank you so much. And uh, I, I, as I was telling Drew before, um, I don't usually listen to to uh, streams or anything just because I, I don't really have time. But um, I wish I could. I wish I could listen to them all because just listening to everybody's stories about crazy stuff their mages have done and and wacky. Uh, just all the wacky things that you can do um is really a lot of fun and so uh thank you for sharing them yep thank you uh so we will see you guys next time bye stay lucky bye <laughs>